I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the Republic for which it stands. One nation under God. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Hello, 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 America. Hello, America, indeed. How is everyone doing this evening? And welcome to another edition of the Sea Report. Today is, what is today? Is today Friday? Is it already Friday, ladies and gentlemen? It's Friday the 12th. Oh, it looks like we narrowly missed the 13th. Dun, 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 dun. How's everyone doing tonight? I hope you all are doing well out there, wherever you might be, or whether you might happen to be in the future. This is another episode of The Sea Report. I am your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Gossidis, and uh, just bringing it to you live for a little bit this Friday evening. It's uh, evening time here in the great state of Texas, and um, America is rising, indeed. I got some uh, stories ahead for you guys. I think you'll be quite interested if you are hot on the trail of election stories. Well, uh, I will not let you down today. Hopefully not. Anyways, actually, there's a couple of really good new ones that I, uh, that we'll touch on today. Um, a couple of really good new ones, actually. Uh, and uh, considering, you know, everything that we've been through the last two to three years. And then also uh, some updates. You know, I was actually going to try and catch these updates on the last episode of the Sea Report. Now, the last time I was broadcasting live here over at my channel, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we were doing another installment of um, a book reading that we're doing on the channel for uh, a book entitled Vote Scam. Vote Scam, ladies and gentlemen. Vote Scam, yes. The Stealing of America by Kenneth Collier and James 
Collier, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I'd recommend it. You know, I mean, you know, if live streaming and podcasting is more your thing for a visuality, uh, you know, you could always, uh, you know, wear it to bed, right? Put it in your ears, okay? <laughs> Allow it to permeate your mental faculties. Absorb it through osmosis. Why don't you, America? But anyways, uh, so we did that last night. I think it was, it, you know, it's it's an actually a very riveting book. I find it riveting. I find it quite, uh, you know, it reads so easily. It reads like a, you know, like a, a true crime novel, which I mean, it is actually a true crime novel. I mean, you know, it's not fiction. It's just the story never got out, you know. I mean, it had, I guess, its few moments in the daylight, and then it was summarily you know, uh, memory hold. So, and you know, that's interesting because it's like, would narrowly a person touch this book at all? Like from 1992 up until the death of the brothers Collier in like 1997 or 98. Uh, I mean, I've done heard told they both died at the same time, right? I mean, not the same time, but the same year, right? They both died of cancer, incidentally, in 1998. So, I mean, what are the odds, right? I don't know. We'll we'll actually we'll probably dig into that, you know, like maybe maybe um we'll dig into that like on a late night or maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll do something, write an article, you know, or make a video or something, I don't know. I've been thinking about these things, ladies and gentlemen. So anyways, so that's what was going on last night, ladies and gentlemen. Uh and you know, if uh you'd like to catch it again live, then you know, I'd may I would I would suggest highly, ladies and gentlemen, that you make sure you follow along, whether you're uh, hanging out over at pill.net, the foxhole.app, whether you're hanging out Rumble or Twitch. And uh, welcome aboard to all the new followers over at Rumble and over at, uh, over at uh, the foxhole.app. So thanks for being here with us, guys. And um, thanks for being part of the stream. And, you know, also to the podcast audience, actually, I should address the I'm, I guess I'm doing a little bit of a housekeeping bit here. Ladies and gentlemen, at the start of the show, uh, you know, as far as the uh, podcast audience goes, you know, I, I'm very, very, very grateful for their uh, for their patience and understanding as I've been catching up on the backlog there. You know, I'm just about caught up. How many times have you guys heard me say that? Anyways, uh, I'm trying to get it to a uh, all systems uh, functioning functioning normally type of uh, sitch here on that end of things. And it's coming along. So, you know, they're just about up to date over there on the podcast side. So, you know, you know, I recommend if you know you don't get to catch the replay, you know, no, you don't get to see it live. You know, say, for example, uh, you know, the videos that I'm playing are too long for you to watch while you're on a restroom break at work. Well, you know, if your boss lets you use it on podcast, doot, 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 then you can always catch the show on podcast in your earbud holes. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, you know, uh, whether you have an Android or whether you have an iOS, uh, you, ladies and gentlemen, too, can find the C-Report on podcast and take it to go. Take it on a jog, ladies and gentlemen. Take it to the gym. 
take it to bed, why don't you, even, ladies and gentlemen. And I won't recommend or get too creative on other places that you could take the podcast, the C-Report, but you know you can take it, okay? So go ahead and find it, and then, uh, you know, follow along, uh, or become a subscriber. Oh, anyways, okay, so I think we're done with uh, the little bit of the, you know, a little bit of that housekeeping bit there. Uh, so what else do we got? You know, there's a lot of things that have actually been on the radar. There are a lot of things that can definitely be spoken of, ladies and gentlemen, because after all, we have what? The end of Title 42. That's something that's actually very hot to topic. Uh, and then there was some other things that I was looking at, too. I think, you know, you know, I don't know, because I mean, I... I you know, I, I scan the headlines and, you know, I, uh, I um, you know, pick which stories I'd like to share. Of course, tonight we're going to have a, a uh, we're going to have a an election heavy night tonight. Um, election fraud stories, I should say. And I might add, you know, so we'll probably do this live. We're live here right now at Rumble, at Twitch, at the Foxhole, at Pilled. So we'll probably do this live. And, eh, you know, I got some good election stories to share, some good updates, right? And then, uh, you know, we might, uh, I don't know, we might, we might do, uh, we might do a little bit extra over at Pilled tonight. So, I don't know. If you're hanging out over at Pilled.net or the Foxhole.app and you're in the audience and you're live with us now and I see some of you guys are here with us. Hey, Kiss, what's going on? We got our first member of the C-Team showing up. Kiss, kiss, kiss. We're going to have to get you to uh, also uh, help in um, how you say, ladies and gentlemen, uh... Uh, recruiting more members for the C team, right? It was so funny when we were reading that book, um, uh, the vote scam last night, and they they reference the A team. Do you know how hard it was for me not to stop reading and start commentary on the C team? Okay. <laughs> well, mem, uh, Kiss is here tonight, and she's hanging out. Thanks for dropping the links over there in the chat. And also, let's get to recruiting. Hey, Raven two thousand. Good evening. Good to see you. And uh, who's this? QTP9. What's up, QTP9? Thank you so much for gifting the cookie. Happy Mother's Day weekend to all the mums in the house. Thank you so much, QTP. Indeed, happy Mother's Day weekend to all the mums in the house. I'll probably be doing some uh, broadcasting this weekend. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to go live this weekend. So, you know... We got some, we got, uh, we got a few pals hanging out over at the foxhole, you know. What do you think? Should we go live this weekend? Should we, uh, should we do a uh, watch party of President Trump's uh, Iowa rally? You know what? Actually, yeah, let me, let me get that little ticker tape on the board, ladies and gentlemen. What am I thinking here? Okay, yeah, there we go. President Trump to hold a campaign rally in Des Moines, Iowa, May 11th, 2023. It'd be just like old, I put May 11th, I meant May 13th. Jeez Louise. It's the 13th. You know, people would be like, uh, Mr. C, you kind of missed that one. You're kind, of, you're kind of a day shy and a dollar short, Mr. C. Well, what's new, right, ladies and gentlemen? Anyways, okay, so there we go. May 13th. It'd be just like old times. It'd be just like old times. Um, you know, there's that, you know, and maybe some other things. We'll see. We'll see. So, oh, but you know what I think is uh, much more important and pertinent is, you know, I don't know. We'll see about hanging out later on tonight. Maybe maybe we'll hang out a little bit after stream. We'll see. 
Hang tight, friends over at pill.net, the foxhole.app, because uh, we've got some stories to tell tonight, you know? Let me go ahead and get to the uh, what's up, one easy money. What's the one for, one easy? Give us a one if you want to, yeah, to do the, uh, oh, are you voting in, in favor of the uh, President Trump uh, watch party this weekend? Hmm? Pardon me been parched you know i actually ate before dinner i mean ate i ate before dinner tonight <laughs> i actually ate before i got on the stream tonight so that this way i could uh make sure i don't uh, bail out early right if i get hungry because i tell you what ladies and gentlemen once i get hungry all bets are off okay all right so uh let me see here we'll pull up the new screen let's not let's not get too much more caught up ladies and gentlemen in the here and now and let's get more present with it how do you say yes yes so okay so like i was saying there's a lot of stories i'm kind of also looking at peripherally that i'm sure we will get to eventually and then there's some new things that have come up that have been to my attempt and uh, I couldn't say that I'm flabbergasted, ladies and gentlemen, but it is quite interesting. Okay, so uh, let's see what we got going on here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so here's uh, here's uh, some of the stories that I've kind of been uh, interested in uh, scoping out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let me see here. So we have, uh, I was doing some relative searches on, uh, you know, what's going on with Jim Jordan. You guys know we talked about this a uh, couple of shows ago, which was that uh, John Brennan and uh, that Clapper fellow, right, of the CIA formerly, and etc., had been called in for, uh, or were subpoenaed. And, and, you know, actually, if you guys have seen it, there is some video of uh, John Brennan going in to testify, I guess, or to, I, I mean, I don't know if, it, I don't know that it was a deposition. He was going in to answer questions, right? Uh, so, because he was subpoenaed. Uh, so, you know, that's a story that's been on the periphery, ladies and gentlemen, for me. I mean, I shouldn't say periphery, like it's, I mean, obviously, since we're talking about it, it's kind of top of mind, you know? Uh, Jim Jordan says Obama's top spy confirmed Hunter Biden that letter was all political. So again, we're talking about that. F uh, remember, guys, it was the 51 spies plus the nine, a total of 60. Oh, it had to be the number six, didn't it? I'm sure it had to be 51 that signed and nine that didn't. They're all multiples and uh, derivatives of the number three. Anyways, so uh, Jim Jordan, no one seems to be able to answer exactly what Hunter Biden did in exchange for money. So uh, this is all very big stuff, guys. And the I mean, all of these things, again, like we've been talking about for any length of time here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, it's it's a it's it's the great conjunction, ladies and gentlemen, it's the great conjunction. It's happening in the year 2023. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, elements of justice involving intelligence, election fraud, you know, sex scandals, all this stuff coming to light right now and in your face you know i think right now we as uh we as um you know denizens of the interwebs you know uh, i think it, it is our duty right now to just overload the internet you know with as much information and content as possible and, and i say that because you know you guys are probably aware of also and this is a topic of conversation that i'm not going to be getting into at least during the uh first uh portions of tonight's episode you know um we'll do you know what tell you what we'll do two hours live on rumble twitch and pilled and we'll do an additional hour 
exclusively at pill.net tonight. So I think that's how we'll play it. Okay. So we will do, uh, like I said again, we'll do uh, two hours on Rumble and on Twitch and Pilled, and then uh, we'll do one exclusive hour over at Pilled and Foxhole tonight. How about that? And maybe we can talk about Elon Musk then, because, you know, and, you know, I really don't want to belabor the point uh, as far as Mr. Musk and, um, I, I mean, the current situation that's developing with the new CEO who has ties to uh, the World Economic Forum. Uh, but anyhow, guys, so, but that's not the topic of today's episode, right? So, and I don't even know, how do I start talking about Elon Musk? What is he doing? It, what, what's his name doing coming out my mouth, right? Okay, you know, actually, this could be a rather, you know, I like real clear politics. You know, I'm a personal, I'm, I enjoy their work. Uh, so that could actually be something worth checking out. I'm going to pull it aside now, but we're not going to look at it just yet. So, you know, this story, like I said, is on the top of mind. We were talking about the 51 Spies plus 9. We were talking about Brennan and Clapper, ladies and gentlemen. You know, and we're talking about them basically uh, being called to task over, you know, and they're going to have to testify on that, of course. And we're going to have to find the court orders. Look, here's another one from Real Clear Politics. Jim Jordan, the FBI, the FBI met with big tech companies in an attempt to pre-bunk. Yeah, and you know, actually, guys, we saw that, didn't we? Okay, the pre-bunk, ladies and gentlemen, we covered it on the C-Report when we were talking about the Twitter files. Uh, number 20. Okay, Twitter files drop number 20, the information cartel. In that specific drop, we had communications within the big tech company and all of these other individuals who are what on there. What, what did they call that again? Like a slush or whatever? A slush, slush pile of FBI agents and other three-letter agents, uh, you know, agencies uh, um, just there, you know, hired at Twitter. You know, we had, ladies and gentlemen, um, it was, I think, when they were inviting the media. It was the media meeting up, I believe, and they probably have all the details, but I'm just, I'm going from memory based on the episode that we covered when we covered it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but as I was saying, um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we had the media showing up, I believe it was, and then they were uh, basically... They're basically saying, come with your most, your most cynical and outrageous ideas so that we can uh, work our way through, you know, the, um, uh, the events that might happen when they leak this information, you know, so I don't know, it was stupid. So yeah, no, that's absolutely, and that was in, again, Twitter files, information drop number 20, John Brennan's closed door hearing confirmed Hunter Laptop letter was all political okay so you know these are starting to jim jordan okay this was interesting but you know that was from eight days ago also uh but you know it's not something i really would focus on jim jordan pours cold water on gop push to impeach biden okay well you know that's not like actually what the uh reason was for me searching jim jordan and what was going on with hunter biden's laptop in relationship to the spy letter and the other intelligence officers who signed that letter, ladies and gentlemen. So anyways, so there's that, you know, again, like I said, that story's kind of been on the periphery, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, that's what that's all about. Okay. All right. What's up here? Hey, Sean Joe, what's going on? Thanks for gifting the cookie. Sean Joe and Kiss in the house, members of the C team. Good evening, One Easy Money. Good to see you this evening as well. 
Okay. Uh, what's the other one? Of course, uh, nope, not this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, uh, that's something we'll look at eventually. I'll look at that eventually there, too. In that. Oh, they're only video clips. How? Oh, no, wait. Nope, they're only video clips. Oh, how boo. Come on, real clear politics. You know, I, I like their articles. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Here's the other thing, of course. We're looking at this Title 42 ending. Okay. And I'm just kind of briefly touching on these as, um, you know, topics that, uh, you know, at some point uh, I might be able to go more in-depth in, but actually just kind of want to get a few words in on it before we move into the election stories for tonight. Um, we have Mayorkas vows tough penalty. So we had, we basically had the Biden regime. Um, we basically had the junta reviving um, some um, um, Trump era policies in regards to immigration and I mean, obviously in regards to immigration, but I mean, uh, in, in regards to asylum, right? Uh, something concerning whether or not uh, the individuals uh, used the asylum laws correctly. And, and they say they're doing that in an effort to uh, stop the people from coming in that are not being vetted, whatever. But we all know that's a kind of that's all a bunch of bull, right? Obviously, uh, you know, we, we know that we've had, uh, you know, hundreds, I'm going to say hundreds of millions, you know, coming across the border, you know, uh, undoubtedly, at least since Biden has been assuming the office illegally, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that we've had hundreds of millions of undocumented illegal they're illegal okay no don't let you know people are like people can't be illegal well you know what when you read when you run a red light you're illegal okay <laughs> when you drunk drive you're illegal okay you know when when you are uh, committing fraud you're illegal and a criminal right okay so that is illegal people can't be illegal well you know what their actions sure can be okay so you know don't don't play semantics with me right every good-hearted american loves ladies and gentlemen they love 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 immigration it is what founded this nation well it's not what founded it but it is most definitely what made it uh, expand and grow and late well you know what yeah i guess immigration did find it okay <laughs> i guess technically speaking when you're searching for a brave new world you are immigrating right anyways did you hear what i said brave new world ladies and gentlemen so speaking of which i've heard tell whispers that bilderberg 2023 is happening this week or next week so uh if no one's hopped on that one you know maybe you can tonight right or tomorrow or maybe we'll do it tomorrow i don't know we'll see okay anyways guys so with that said also ladies and gentlemen so there you go there's this uh title 40 you know uh, i was like thinking about looking for video i i mean i didn't get the chance to but i was thinking about looking for video to see if there was like you know you know if we had like a whole bunch of illegal people <laughs> bum rushing ladies and gentlemen like you know all of the gates and stuff but you know you know the thing about it is is that you know we might have people like abbott and abbott the rhino the rhino governor of texas i do not agree with him at all ladies and gentlemen when he starts sending all of these immigrants over ladies and gentlemen to like wherever the heck he said where he's to i don't care where he's sending a mr abbott governor <laughs> governor abbott Okay, if I, if I may say, 
you are aiding and abetting these illegal immigrants, okay? Okay, you know, they might not be illegal people, but they are illegal immigrants, okay? I, you know, he's been aiding and abetting them escaping into the country this whole time, you know, and we already have reports, ladies and gentlemen, of like, you know, uh, the uh, Border Patrol agents, the National Guard, etc. Even even all of these members of the military and the National Guard who are part of this Operation Lone Star and Operation Secure the Border and Operation, you know, uh, you know, whatever, that, that they are not even, they are not even sending them back necessarily they're they're processing them i mean they're literally using soldiers to process these illegal immigrants for whatever purposes it is in the future you know you know what you know what would be really funny ladies and gentlemen is if like they brought in all of these individuals into this country illegally which they have done right they've done that they've left the border wide open We've had uh, men of military age of almost every single ethnicity uh, under the sun come through the southern border, right? That's what's been going on this whole time, in addition to all of the children who are being trafficked through here. And we've heard the horror stories of eight-year-olds pumped up with uh, 67 different, uh, you know, uh, uh, DNA specimens inside of them. Uh, we've heard the horror stories of children whose uh, family could not afford to send them here necessarily, so then they're sold into uh, slave labor to pay off their debts and indentured servitude. We've heard all of those horror stories, and yet they've still been allowed to do this to the people of the world, really. I mean, these people come here thinking that they're seeking opportunity. But what kind of parent sends their child who's like three, four, or five, six, seven, I don't care. If they are not with their kid and that kid is not capable of caring for themselves in the wilderness on an alleged trek from whatever nation or country they're coming from, then that kid should not be without their parent. What kind of parent sends their child on a journey like that? What is this? The land before time? Right? Are, are we Littlefoot and, uh, you know, Petrie looking for our mom and our dad here or what? Like, this is ridiculous. You know, I don't want this, uh, I don't, the, you know, it's going to be a shame whenever they start having, like, these movies come out of little Pedro and, and little and little Maria who trekked across the mountains all by themselves and dealt with thieves and, and, and child abusers and exploiters and slave, slave laborers. <laughs> and they're going to turn that into what? Some kind of golden little, you know, like, fable? Uh, on how to listen to your government or something like that. You know, it's insane. It's insane. The hope of the Biden regime junta is in, in trekking across the Andes Mountains as a five-year-old little girl or boy and is narrowly escaping death. This is ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. It's downright ridiculous. So anyways, you know, I was, like, interested in finding, like, some of that type of video, you know, like, Title 42, and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of illegal migrants bum-rushing <laughs> the southern border. I mean, it's not funny, but we've seen it before, you know, we've seen it before. So, anyhow, anyhow, spread that link, ladies and gentlemen, because we'll probably be doing it a little bit late tonight, but, uh, let's see, Justice Song says... 
not only that it's very unfair to the immigrants who did come here the legal way. Let's go, Brandon. Thank you, Justice Song. Actually, I quite resonate with that statement because I have, you know, several, you know, um, several, uh, several people within my personal orbit that I've known that did just that, you know, you know, my brother-in-law, may he rest in peace, you know, he, ladies and gentlemen, he went through the process, you know, I was present whenever he was sworn in as an American citizen, ladies and gentlemen, and, you know, he, he went, he waited in line, you know, and I've had, I've had other people in my personal orbit that did exactly that. And, you know, Justice Song, I really got to say, it surprises me sometimes when these individuals who waited in line, just like my brother-in-law and one of my best friends, and, you know, I was there and their mother, and I was there when they were sworn in and they became official citizens of this great nation, okay? And they get so upset when you start talking about the border wall and racism and Trump and I'm like, and illegal immigration. And I'm like, but you waited in line. <laughs> Why are you so upset? Like, you should be upset for the other reason. You know, you should be upset because you actually did your due diligence. Okay. And you waited in line. <laughs> you got, you, you know, and there's something to be said about that too, you know, like the people who really want it, the people who really appreciate and really want to live that American dream, ladies and gentlemen. And I mean, those who are coming to this country who are, who want to become part of this nation. And yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong in my opinion with, you know, uh, maintaining one's cultural you know, one's cultural um, uh, fortitude, you know, the integrity of, of maintaining one's cultural history within one's family. I think that's absolutely important. But, you know, at the same time, you know, if you're going to be coming here from another nation, you need to express your love for the nation that you are wanting to become a part of. The, do you genuinely appreciate it, you know? Because I think if they did most of these individuals would do it the right way but again at the same time ladies and gentlemen to be fair right to be fair uh the way our government and nation has ran this uh immigration system has not been exactly the most efficient or fair system either so you know to justice song's point you know that these immigrants came here and that they are being exploited on an international scale. And then not to mention the individuals who actually went through the process and took the time and studied and did everything that they um, were required to do to establish their appreciation and their love for this nation as they became part of it, ladies and gentlemen. That is a two-way road that we all converge on at some point, and we're seeing it explode in chaos at the moment because of this Title 42 matter, ladies and gentlemen. 
Justice Song says, I wonder if they were getting money for selling their kids. Did you see the little two-year-olds that Coyote just dropped over the wall? You know, yes, Justice Song, I think probably over a year ago, we we played some, probably not the one that you're specifically mentioning right now, but you know, I've played some video uh, about like a three-year-old. and It was like a toddler, a three-year-old, and like maybe a six or seven-year-old. And it was like nighttime vision. You know, you had the National Guard or the Border Patrol scoping out the border wall at night and then you see them being dropped over it was horrendous it was horrendous you know you, you look kiss hey kiss says i'm a naturalized citizen you see kiss do you so you would understand maybe you would understand i'm not sure i'm sure you do understand okay how do you feel about that kiss you know when uh you have this egregious unconstitutional breach of our southern border that's putting it lightly right <laughs> But, uh, you know, I mean, maybe you could probably, uh, you could probably, um, speak better to the whole waiting in line versus people coming illegally versus the process that you actually went through in order to obtain your citizenship. So welcome aboard, you know, I'm going to say welcome aboard, Kiss. We love you. We love you. Okay. Raven2000 says she's getting looping over here. Well, you know, you know, you could always chat over at uh, pills.net and then, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, if, if you have a Roku, you can always check out the Rumble station. Uh, if you have uh, a way to get into the Twitchers, you can do it that way, too. Hey, Twin Crier, what's going on? Trump 2024, too big to rig! I like that, dude. That <laughs> That's cool. Okay, we're adding that one to the favorites, dude. You know, is is 2024 going to be too big to rig? We'll find out, ladies and gentlemen. We'll find out. You know, thank you, Twin Crier. You got me right back on track, okay? So let's start right here, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, some of you all may recognize the face on the screen as one Garland Favorito of Voter GA. Garland Favorito's been on the show a few times before in the past. And, uh, you know, honestly, you know, as I was putting this election uh, fraud report together, and it, this is good news, okay, you guys are, are you guys ready for some good news, okay? All right, we're going to start tonight off with two, actually, well, yeah, we're going to start tonight off with two stories, good news stories for the election fraud exposure front, ladies and gentlemen, in our efforts to maintain some type of integrity in our elections. But that was just double speak for the rhinos and those who are evil in the establishment that have been rigging our elections because election rigging is institutionalized in these United States of America. And it is about time that the people of America woke up and realized that their elections are nothing but fake, phony, and fraudulent. And it's about damn time we did something about it. We have this great story coming out of Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Appeals Court resurrects Georgia ballot inspection case of 2020 election. Okay, so you might ask yourself, why is this an important story, Mr. C? Well, you know, if you followed the story, ladies and gentlemen, then you will know that we had... Um, we had a voter GA out of Georgia who has been, you know, they've basically been, they've basically been like a bulldog 
on election. This is, you want to talk about one of the hounds of election integrity and election fraud, ladies and gentlemen? Just like we were talking about, ladies and gentlemen, with vote scam, the stealing of America in that passage, right? I should pull that passage up and share it with our audience members today. But the passage basically compared those who were um, those who were investigating, researching all of the JFK assassination. It said it said that those who were investigating the assassination of JFK so as long as the Warren report existed became like the hounds of hell to those who were trying to cover up the truth. And it compared, ladies and gentlemen, it compared those who seek the truth to expose election fraud to those same hounds. So, you know, I say the hounds of heaven will bring you the truth, the righteous truth, ladies and gentlemen. And indeed, voter GA of Atlanta, Georgia and around has been exactly that. They have been one of those incessant voter fraud hounds. They have been on the case for more than a decade, ladies and gentlemen, and this case was big. We reported on this case uh, at the beginning of this show's existence back in, you know, uh, February throughout the summer of 2021. We had Voter GA and Garland Favorito in the courtrooms attempting to gain access to the 2020 election ballots. So that this way they could uh, study them, they could analyze them, they could audit them, and they could compare them to the digital ballot images that they had managed to procure, but by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, um, um, Obama-appointed Judge Brian Amaro allowed them to get those digital images. And, you know, as the story goes, we had uh, the district attorneys being involved here. Uh, we had Judge Brian Amaro eventually, like, totally turning heel on them and, uh, you know, um, uh, returning the order that he had originally um, granted them to access these 2020 election ballots. You know, now, this is a good story. This is good news. You know, it's, it is a little bit removed. I will admit, it is a bit removed when you think about it. You know, little Bradley Raffensperger, the secretary of snake over there in uh, Georgia, has had plenty of time, you know, to uh, fix the ballots that they had stored in the warehouse. I mean, they've had plenty of time. Realistically speaking, I mean, let's not be naive here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm pretty sure the same thing has gone on in uh, jurisdictions like Maricopa County, Arizona to be factual, at least to be uh, as factual as possible. But let's see what this article has to say. It says the Georgia Court of Appeals on Thursday revived a lawsuit by election skeptics who want to search for fraudulent ballots from the 2020 presidential race two and a half years after it was decided. You see, the, the, you see this is why Kamala Harris said the, the, the what did she say again? <laughs> the passage of time. Kamala's pair said the passage of time, but for the passage of time, just allow the passage of time. The passage of time covers up all fraud, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure. It's not a blessing to be a Kamala Harris speaker or whisperer, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you what, okay? You know, hearing that cackle late at night when you're trying to sleep is not 
a comforting thing by far anyways okay i know you guys are gonna be like oh no mr c's going crazy he's hearing he's hearing kamala harris cackle at night when he's trying to get some rest okay it says here in the article from uh what was this again from the um Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the appellate court sent the case back to a judge to decide whether to allow an outside review of Fulton County's 147,000 original absentee ballots. Now, ladies, 147 original absentee ballots. Now, you know, honestly, I would have to go back and look at the stories uh, and look at the data and the information that we covered here because I don't remember the amount of ballots that they uh, were able to determine could be fraudulent. I know there were thousands of them, you know, but uh, because the information has not been front of mind, I cannot access it for you guys at this time. So I apologize, but you know, I'm going to have to go back and look at all this information again. No fraudulent ballots were found by state elections investigators, according to AJC. Okay. According to AJC, but supporters of Republican President Donald Trump want the courts to help them pursue allegations that illegitimate ballots contributed to Democrat Joe Biden's victory in Georgia. It says three vote counts and multiple investigations have countered allegations of fraud, including claims of ballot stuffing at drop boxes, dead voters, forged signatures, and suitcases full of ballots. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this was all found to be true. Okay, but maybe not by the courts because they threw them out. We had uh, we had complicit judges for one reason or another that uh, um, um, ordered in very uh, weird ways in regards to these cases. If they weren't just throwing them out, if they were saying that they had no standing, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, in, in the case of uh, some of the cases that were going on in the courtrooms between voter GA and uh, the Georgia court system, you know, we had crooked DAs lying, you know, uh, while under oath, you know, regarding, uh, well, you know, it, it, it is said to have been a lie, you know, there, I don't believe that there was any active investigations at the time that uh, the judges decided to disallow access and to uh, remove or to uh, throw out the case and they weren't going to give uh, give any access to these ballots to uh, any of the activists, any of the grassroots um, uh, people in Georgia, uh, including voter GA, of course, as a spearhead for these efforts in that jurisdiction in the vicinity of the state of Georgia. Um, you know, all of that was removed from them by the courts and the judges and the district attorneys, right? And the district attorneys. The lead plaintiff in the case, Garland Favorito of the group Voter GA said he hopes to finally be able to find suspicious looking ballots with perfectly filled in ovals and a lack of fold marks that Republican vote counters said they saw during a statewide audit. So, you know, if they are able to actually uh, pull this off, and that's not to sound doubtful at all, um, but, uh, you know, should should the providence uh, uh, and the blessings of God come down upon this case, I mean, you know, it to be opened up again is, you know, that's, that's a blessing in itself, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but now we have to observe and see exactly 
how this is going to play out, you know, because to that end, we could end up seeing what what if they go in there and they find all of these ballots, right? It was what, 147,000 ballots. And, you know, they've got wrinkles and they've got uh, imperfect ovular fill-ins and stuff like that, you know, because in three years, do you think that the Secretary of State's office could uh, get a group, a small group of, you know, I don't know, some NGO, say some Democrat organization that's run by like Stacey Abrams and they, you know, like happy faces, right? Although that's not a Democrat organization, admittedly, happy faces or smiley faces or whatever it was called, that temp agency that basically, uh, basically served every office in Georgia state politics. I mean, literally, literally like that staff, they had staff members in every single office, every single building in Georgia state politics. Anyways. Okay. Stanky Abrams, ladies and gentlemen, boy, it's been a minute since I've said that name, but ladies and gentlemen of the jury, my American brothers and sisters to get back to the matters at hand, of course, uh, wouldn't it be interesting if they found, like, you know, in three years, could they not get, like, a team of, like, you know, five to ten people, pay them, like, 30 bucks an hour on uh, government, either 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 with Zuckerbucks or with uh, government money, taxpayer money, and then just have them fill out and crinkle ballots and, uh, you know, replace them? I mean, they literally could do that. I mean, come on, we were just reading about in Vote Scam how they had a whole, uh, they had this whole non-profit organization, otherwise known as the, the League of Women Voters, punching holes and, and telling them that they're actually uh, clearing out the uh, hanging chads on the vote cards of the 1980s, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Impossible! Improbable, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, the article goes on to say it is critical that Georgians quickly know how many counterfeit ballots were included in the 2020 Fulton election results so we can implement more fraud protection measures prior to the next election, Favorito said. If there is nothing to hide, all involved should be willing to show us the ballots. So overall, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, this is an exciting development. I mean, at least there's movement. I'd say that, you know, the fact that we can get this story back into the spotlight is a good thing. We just have to see if A, the judge does grant it again in moving forward and B, what that outcome of the granting will be. You know, what what will they find over at Voter GA and over in Georgia with all of the grassroots volunteers who will be taking this project on in addition to whatever else, uh, whatever else might be required. Election officials, the article says, for Fulton County, the home of Atlanta, where Biden received 73% of the vote, according to AJC, right, uh, did not immediately comment on Thursday. And that's Brud, that's Judge Brian J. Amaro, ladies and gentlemen. Don't even tell me Judge Brian Amaro's the one who is going to revisit it. Because I think he's the one who threw it out, ladies. I mean, he is the one. Okay, Superior Court Judge Brian Amaro had previously dismissed, I told ya. He previously dismissed the case in October 2021 based on the legal principle of standing. Or how about that's uh, how about that's like uh, the technicality of standing, right? 
finding that the plaintiffs had not suffered a specific injury. What, then other having other than having your vote disenfranchised? How is not that a specific injury, I ask you? Does the court of Brian J. Amaro not find, ladies and gentlemen, that um, that uh, having your vote disenfranchised is uh, actually uh, an extreme case ladies and gentlemen, of suffering. I don't understand how they don't get that, you know. But, you know, the thing about it is I also do not believe that Judge Brian Amaro was a superior court judge. I could be wrong about that, but it sounds like he's been promoted. So it says here, uh, finding that the plaintiffs had not suffered, okay. And uh, so that would not give them a right to sue. But the Court of Appeals vacated Amaro's ruling based on a recent Georgia Supreme Court case that included Georgians that uh, that concluded Georgians can have standing to sue. Oh, yes. OK, so this is good, guys. This is good. Now, it might have taken some time, but it's finally come around. Now, how many of you guys out there remember when we had uh, Garland Favorito on the show and uh, we were talking about this case right here? This case involved, I think it was a veteran group of bikers, if I'm not mistaken, if my memory recalls, right? You know, I know my memory does fall short sometimes, but if it recalls, and it had to do with a standing issue. And the Supreme Court of Georgia, as this article mentions, uh, um, talks about how Georgians now do have standing to sue if their community stakeholders... Um, who suffer an injury when local governments fail to follow the law. I mean, I, the wording, I think, was a, a bit different than that because they say here, fail to follow the law, but what specifically are you talking about, AJC? And why do you not want to mention that it is specifically regarding elections, right? Okay, so it says, still there's no guarantee that a judge will grant the ballot inspection, Original paper ballots are confidential government records under state law requiring a judge's order to unseal them, and Amaro reviewed the evidence before making this ruling. State election investigators told Amaro they could not find any fraudulent or counterfeit ballots within ballots batches cited by four Republican witnesses who claimed they saw them, according to court documents. All of the batches contained authentic ballots, and there were not any pristine ballots with perfectly filled in ovals that lack creases. While paper ballots are not public records, digital images are. Ballot images... What does it mean, paper ballots? Or what is going on in Georgia that paper ballots are not public record? Right? This sounds like uh, Dade, uh, Dade County, Miami. Florida, right? Miami-Dade, Florida. Guys, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the book we're reading right now, Vote Scam, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, okay. Hmm. So, paper ballots are not public record. I need to write that one down. Riddle me this, America. How are paper ballots not public record? I don't think I've ever heard of that, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, okay, so it says here, uh, ballot images from the 2020 presidential election do not include, do not include <clears throat> any fake ballots. 
How can they say that? How can the Atlanta Journal-Constitution say that? Have they seen those paper ballots themselves? That's what I would like to know. Has the Atlanta Journal-Constitution seen those paper ballots themselves that they can make the statement, ballot images from the 2020 presidential election do not include any fake ballots? Did they not read the reports from Voter GA and everything that they found when they went through those digital ballot images? Okay. <laughs> this is ridiculous, okay? We went through the reports whenever they came out, ladies and gentlemen. We had duplicate ballot images. We, I mean, and that was like to, an, to the umpteenth degree that we had ballot duplicate images. Not only did we have that, but we also had, they also had the ability to review, I believe, the, uh, the, um, uh, the, uh, the tracking sheets, otherwise known as the chain of custody, right? And, and even those numbers were way skewed. And, and again, we had multiple duplicate, duplicates of ballots and batches at the same time. So how can the Atlanta Journal-Constitution say that ballot images from the 2020 election did not include any fake ballots? That is totally irresponsible of this, uh, of this agency to say such a thing. You know, that's an outright lie, or that is just uh, someone who just does not care to do a job justly. Anyways, it says, but the plaintiffs in the case say a manual inspection is needed because voting machines could have been manipulated and ballot images produce low-resolution images or pictures. Uh, the case will next be considered in a new round of hearings and court decisions in the coming months. You see, ladies and gentlemen of the audience, esteemed as you are, you know we've all said it, we've all heard it, we all know it. Lawfare. Lawfare, lawfare, lawfare. And it seems like they will unfortunately keep Mr. Favorito locked up in the court system. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we need something bigger here, right? This is good news. Don't get me wrong, but we do need bigger movement on the ground. So uh, let's see here. I don't know that does it actually say when it's going to... When they will meet in the future, ladies and gentlemen. I had not seen this yet. This document here. So uh, let's take a gander quickly like... Meow. Uh, let's see, in the Court of Appeals of Georgia, uh, this case returns to U.S. Oh, to U.S., excuse <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, let me go ahead and expand this for ya. Take it down, all the way back down. Okay, I don't like this the way I liked it on the other one. Go back back okay here like that there we go that's better isn't that better that's much better okay so it says here uh, the case returns to us from the supreme court after review on certiori i can never say that word right uh it arises out of the 2020 presidential election appellants uh uh, appellants uh, Garland Favorito, Caroline Jeffords, Trevor Terrace, Christopher Peck, Michael Scuppin, 
uh, Sean, Dramey, Stacy, Dorham, Brandy, Taylor, and Robin Sauter brought claims founded on vote dilution against members of the Fulton County Board of Registration and Elections. And Jeffords and Sauter also claimed that Fulton County had violated the Georgia Open Records Act. The trial court dismissed the vote dilution claims for lack of standing and the open records claims because they had already been fully adjudged in a prior order. We affirmed in Favorito v. Juan, um, okay, and it says here, our Supreme Court granted certiorari and has now vacated our opinion and remained uh, with direction that we reconsider it in light of the Supreme Court's subsequent opinion on standing in Sons of Confederate Veterans v. Henry County. We are guided by the rules that obtain when the Supreme Court reverses one of our opinions. On those occasions, we are required to, one, read the Supreme Court's opinions within the context of the opinion being reversed, two, determine whether any portions of the opinion being reversed were neither addressed nor considered by the Supreme Court, and three, enter an appropriate disposition with regard to those portions that is consistent with the issues addressed and considered by the Supreme Court. Division 2 of our prior opinion in this case, which did not concern standing, is unaffected by the Supreme Court's opinion in Sons Confederates Veterans. We, uh, we, so we reaffirm it. Okay, so I guess we'll stop reading there and... Uh... That takes us down to, so I guess there's not a date here. That's what I was looking for specifically, but uh, here we are. Okay. All right. What's this? Let's look at this part right here. It says, turning to the particular case before it, the Supreme Court held that one of the plaintiffs had standing to assert a claim for injunctive relief against her local government, her local county government, but that the other plaintiffs did not have standing because they had not shown that they are members of the communities, the government of which they seek to sue. Application of the community stakeholder requirement set out in the Sons Confederate Veterans to the case before us is straightforward. In this case, it is undisputed, as alleged in the appellant's petitions, that Scoopin, Dramey, Doran, Taylor, and Sotir are not Fulton County residents, but are residents of other counties. So we reaffirm the dismissals of their claims for lack of standing since they did not allege that they are citizens, residents, or taxpayers of the county that they sued, and have set forth no allegations showing that they are community stakeholders, sons of Confederate veterans. Okay. As for appellants, uh, Favorito, Jeffords, Terrace, and Peck, they all alleged in the petitions that they are residents of Fulton County. Accordingly, we vacate the dismissals of their claims and remand to the trial court for further consideration in the first instance of their standing in light of sons of Confederate veterans. We note our Supreme Court's admonition regarding federal authority. 
In the future, Georgia courts should apply principles of federal standing only to the extent that they, one, are following binding precedents of the court, and two, considering other federal precedents as pers persuasive authority only to the extent that those federal decisions actually were guided by the same language, history, and context as that of the relevant state provision. Interesting. Okay, cool. So that pretty much clears that up so we had some uh, we had some um, plaintiffs who were not allowed because of standing because they were not community stakeholders within the county local 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 county before country okay and so uh there's the case with that ladies and gentlemen so very very good very good very that is good news ladies and gentlemen i would have to say that is definitely some good news right there uh, let me pull this up next. Uh, where is that story? I thought I had it on my uh, main title bar here. Mm. You know, there's actually some more Georgia stories that I do have I'd like to share, but maybe at another time we'll do that, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe at another time we'll do that. Uh, let me see here. Is this the one I'm looking for? No, that's not it. Where did it go? Uh, the next story is another uh, another really good news story for us, ladies and gentlemen, if I can find it. I think it's right. Here it is. Okay. So this one's coming to us from the pages of the Gateway Pundit. And uh, it's actually one of the stories we have noted in one of uh, in the ticker tape down below, ladies and gentlemen, uh, regarding uh, the of Eric, the Electronic um, Registration Information Center. Uh, and this news, I believe, uh, hit the headlines today. Now, you know, we've talked about the Electronic Registration Information Center here several dozens of times on the C-Report before. You know, I so lovingly refer to it as the Election Rigging Information System, uh, Center, ladies and gentlemen, because that is exactly the function that it seems to have uh for some amount of time ladies and gentlemen for some amount of time so uh we seem to have another state that has abandoned the election rigging information center otherwise known as the electronic registration information center uh at what how many were they 30 to 31 different uh jurisdictions or states including washington dc uh, Eric um, had the rosters of all of these voting registrated registration um, uh, roles um, to their discretion, basically. I mean, basically, the jobs of the voter rolls had been surrendered to a national, a national entity that is the election or the electronic registration information center isn't it a shame that texas is still part of the election information registration center and you know i wonder what this means right here do you guys see this do you see how florida is not part of the election rigging information center but parts of florida are what does this mean, guys? Does this mean that the sharks are voting in Florida or something you like that, right? Like, is this on the ocean? I mean, are these like, is this like maritime boat goers that vote in this area? What is this? Does anyone know what this is? Is there anyone from Florida that can answer this question? Hey, Florida, 
What's going on over here? How come you have Eric on the outskirts of your state? Is that was that a mistake? <laughs> was that a mistake? It says others under contract. Oh, founding 2012 members. Wait a minute. Come on. Come on, Gateway Pundit. Oh, wait. They probably... Okay, maybe they got this from, like, the Eric website. How is the Eric website going to make the founding members of the uh, Eric Initiative just one shade darker than current members? <laughs> you see that? You see it right here? You see how dark, you see how dark this one is? And then you see Florida. I can't tell that that's like one shade too light or too dark. I can't, you see Nevada, Utah, Colorado. I mean, for those of you who are colorblind, I feel kind of bad for you right now, but anyways, look at this. Why wouldn't you make it a totally different? I want to know what's going on with this right here, guys. We need to get to the bottom of Florida. Okay. We're already talking about Florida and their election rigging from the 1970s and eighties. You might as well stay hot on the trail, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, all right. So let's pull back. Okay, so it says here, and this is from the pages of the Gateway Pundit. Okay. <laughs> Written by Jim Hoft himself, ladies and gentlemen. Written by Jim Hoft himself. It says, a total of eight states, ladies and gentlemen, have left Eric in the last six months. That's pretty bad. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, his Attorney General Jason Myres, and Election Commissioner Susan Beals all felt the Eric Voter Registration nonprofit was beyond repair. Commissioner Beals penned a letter yesterday notifying Eric that Virginia will no longer participate in the voter data sharing program. Virginia is leaving for several reasons. From the letter, one costly mandated GOTV activates are unrelated to list maintenance. Uh, two, sharing data with third party uh, CEIR for research purposes in 2020. Three, Eric increasingly engages in efforts that are not list maintenance. Four, Board rejected reforms unanimously suggested by subcommittee five ele elevates the voice on a biased non-voting board member Becker. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and well, I mean, I guess obviously right of a biased non-voting board member. Okay. He's probably a communist. He's probably like, I ain't going to vote. I'm a communist. Anyways, he number six significant dues increase. Uh, for Virginia because seven states left. Interesting. So when states leave Eric, Eric bumps up the cost, uh, the fees to, uh, um, you know, uh, states that stay within. Well, someone needs to tell the Texas Secretary of State. I guess it's going to have to be me. <laughs> All right. I guess, you know, she's going to get my, she's going to, you know, why didn't I, why did I not send a care package over to our Texas SOS? You know, we've got, her name is Jane Nielsen, by the way. You know, she's number six under Greg Abbott. You know, she's the sixth one. She's going to be the one that's going to stay with him through his final term. I bet you this is going to be his final term. I bet you he's probably going to try and run for president. He's like, I'm going to be like Charles Xavier, president of the United States of America. Okay, and then, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to be like, well, look, my Secretary of State stayed with me the last four years. 
and they're gonna be like, oh, we haven't had a Secretary of State stay with their governor for four years in like, I don't know, two or three decades. <laughs> you know, the Texas Secretary of State uh, office is pretty broken, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, so Jane Nielsen, you need to uh, Eric Zit. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. We're going to call it Eric Zit. Because Eric's got a big zit. No, Eric Zit. We got to exit Eric. Texas has got to Eric Zit. Ladies and gentlemen, we have got to Eric Zit. That's what Texas needs to do. Oh, you know what? How about we do it like this? Hold on. I'll even, I'll even pop it on the screen. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I want to tell them right now, okay? So if you, ladies and gentlemen, are a, you know, I know people would be like, why are you using Twitter? Because the World Economic Forum. Yes, I know. I'm not, I'm not subscribed to Twitter Blue. It's okay. All right. I still need to get a, you know, because my Texas legislative, uh, you know, uh, um, selected electors, <laughs> selected, elect, selected, my Texas legislators, the selected representatives, so-called, you know, they still use this for everything. So, you know, uh, anyways, so uh, what is this? Okay. Oh, and look at Texas. Uh, Secret yeah, yep. Yeah, she comes up right away. All right. You know, I wonder, do I have Jane Nielsen? Is it Nelson? It might be Nelson. Hold on. Nah, I think that's her. No, just kidding. <laughs> that's not her. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I want to look for her. Okay, never. You know, maybe in the next one. Maybe in the next one. Okay. Oh, what do we need to do? We need. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to put here Texas needs to. <laughs> Let's see if I can do this right. Eric. <laughs> Eric's it. Oh, and you know what? Just for hoots and hollers, I will link this to them. Okay, hold on. And you know, right away, the Texas LEG is going to be like, oh, but he's posting articles from the Gateway Pundit, which means he's absolutely a far-right uh, extremist, uh, you know, um, wingnut of, of, of sorts. Um, okay, and then, uh, we'll do that, okay, so, it ne they need to exit, okay, so, uh, every time a state leaves, <laughs> uh, okay, hold on, wait, every time a state leaves, another state's, uh, member fees increase, period, okay. Isn't, I mean, that's according to the article, okay? Maybe I should put, like, quotes, right? Right here. Right here. Where did it go? <laughs> uh, where are you at? Here. There we go. Go away. Okay. Right here. Okay, and then we'll just send that tweet off to my state legislature. You know, I mean, I know it's not going to formally go on the record, but, you know, at least the people of the Twitter world are seeing it. You know. <laughs> I'm going to put Virginia. <laughs> okay. 
All right, let's go ahead and put that there, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Okay. We need to exit here in tech. What the heck is this going on here on my screen? Dr. Oliverson. Okay, you know what? I don't want to talk about Dr. Oliverson. I'm glad that uh, you can... Uh, I'm glad you can talk the talk, Oliverson, but it'd be nice if you could walk the walk. Anyways, okay. You guys, it's all a pantomime of politics in the state of Texas. I don't even want to talk about it right now, okay? I'm, I'm like, no. The Texican standoff. We'll talk about that maybe some other day. Okay, so where were we, ladies and gentlemen? Were we not having a nice and wonderful conversation about... There we go. Virginia leaving the election rigging information center, ladies and gentlemen. Virginia leaving the election rigging information center. That's eight states down. Ladies and gentlemen, eight states down. We're on a roll. We got to keep on going now, don't we? Now, the seventh concern that Virginia had, the seventh reason why they left the election rigging information center was because they had concerns about stewardship, maintenance, privacy, and confidentiality of voter data. Indeed, all good reasons to remove themselves from that system. Susan Beals was appointed as the election commissioner by Yunkin in March of 2022. Yesterday's Eric letter also explains Virginia will be able to replicate favorable Eric functionally internally. Um, we will pursue other information arrangements with our neighboring states and look to other opportunities to partner with states in, a, in an apolitical fashion. Sounds like partnering is afoot to actually clean some voter rolls. Alabama, Florida, Iowa, Louisiana, Missouri, Ohio, and West Virginia recently left Eric too. Virginia was one of the founding seven states that started Eric in 2012. Uh, Governor Yunkin's spokeswoman told Breitbart, Virginia withdrew from Eric because Virginians' data was shared with an Eric-affiliated research organization, David Becker's CEIR. Uh, Virginia is unable to reform Eric and its uh, highly politicized use of data. As stewards of taxpayer dollars, it was necessary to remove the Commonwealth from Eric's significantly increasing costs. The main concern appears to be David Becker's biased activism. The four-part Eric series published by the Gateway Pundit in January of 2022 started a national conversation. Election integrity groups began to look closer. The left attacked Gateway Pundit, said it was a conspiracy theory to question Eric's data dissemination or David Becker's biased motives. One FOIA request later discovered Becker did obtain private data from Eric, explained in this Verity Vote report. Millions were targeted with election messages. Most election officials were unaware this was happening. The leftist media will not admit Gateway Pundit was right again. Although David Becker helped create Eric, he resigned last month. He has two nonprofits of his own. His Election Integrity, CEIR group, received tens of millions just from the left, including Zuckerberg. The Election Official Legal Defense Fund, EOLDOF, uh, provides funding to election officials caught in lawsuits. If you're suing, if 
you're suing a jurisdiction for the truth. If you are suing a jurisdiction for the truth, EOLDF might be uh, helping to stop you. Ever sent, ever notice, ever noticed the biased national reporting that immediately defends Eric? They also attack those with legitimate Eric concerns, including election officials. The PR agency used by Eric is Brass Ring Communications. Brass Ring is behind Becker's press conferences, including those about Eric. Both CEIR and EOLDN are listed as Brass Ring partners, but Eric is not. They clearly help Eric. So who is paying for this PR? Brass Ring has a key staff that are former Pew Charitable Trust employees, Hillary campaign, campaign staff, and so on. They are adept at amplifying stories through placement in elite national media outlets, including the New York Times, the Washington, um, oh, I'm sorry, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, and NPR. It's PR disguised as journalism to help Eric. That's also known as propaganda, ladies and gentlemen. It's also known as propaganda. Okay. Within hours of Virginia's announcement, NPR came to Eric's defense again. The story spread to partner sites, including PBS affiliates. It criticizes Virginia as going full MAGA, going full Make America Great Again, and more. The story closes with a far-right website targeted Eric last year with a series of articles claiming Eric was a left-wing plot to steal elections. That set off a chain reaction. This is a reference to the Gateway Pundit, but the NPR correspondent just does not have the balls to say our name, says Jim Hoft. The Virginia, or to link their articles on Eric, I should add, as the article states, the Virginia AG spokeswoman said Attorney General Mayaris has expressed, uh, should I say it the uh, Latino way, Miatis? <laughs> Attorney, Attorney General Miatis has expressed concerns about Eric and supports the governor's decision today. Our office stands ready and able to assist the Department of Elections during this transition. The total costs to run Eric are billed to its members using a formula based on the voter database size. For instance, Texas pays more than Virginia when one-fourth of their members leave and no longer pay dues, the remaining states have to cover that lost revenue, so they break even. Membership fees go up. Texas! Okay, it's a good thing. So, you know, I think I will definitely need to reference this to uh, Jane Nielsen. Now, I don't know if Jane Nelson's going to be like, well, you know, I have someone who's in charge of elections now. I've kind of divided my office into business and elections, and I have two supervisors, so I could just, you know, sit around the office, tell jokes, stink up this seat, and uh, maybe have a margarita at happy hour afterwards. I'm sure she'd be fun at happy hour, ladies and gentlemen. But anyways, that's besides the point, Okay. Anyway, so here's an excerpt from uh, Beale. Beale again. Who is Beale again? Let's see. Who is Beale again? Was she the uh, U.S. Attorney, District Attorney? Beale. Beale. 
Who are you, Beale? Okay, Susan Beale. There we go. Commissioner, Virginia's Department of Elections. There we go. Okay, so that's who, and that is her. That is her. That is her face right there, Susan Beals. Okay, so it says here. An excerpt from Beale's letter to Eric. It says here. In recent years, Eric has increasingly engaged in efforts outside of list maintenance and has elevated the voice of a partisan non-voting board member. Virginia participated in efforts to reform Eric in order to return the focus of the organization back to its goal of improving electoral integrity through list maintenance. When reform efforts failed and several states left the organization, it became clear that Virginia's return on investment in Eric was decreasing. After carefully evaluating Virginia's relationship with Eric, I hereby notify you that Virginia is terminating its membership with Eric for the following reasons. Mandatory activities required by the membership agreement, such as the eligible but unregistered mailing, which are unrelated to list maintenance, require the expenditure of hundreds of thousands of dollars in state funds. A review of Virginia's participation in that mailing also revealed that the requirement involved a third-party group and the sharing of data with that group for research purposes in 2020. Seven member states have resigned from Eric, resulting in the announcement that the upcoming year's budget will require a significant dues increase for remaining members. In addition to an increase in dues, Virginia will see a declining benefit as the state will have to access a reduced amount of state's data. I don't know about you guys, but if this is something that's happening here in Virginia, happening there in Virginia, I can imagine it's happening across the board in all states in Eric, right? So maybe we can all send a nice little love letter to our Secretary of State or our election officials and see what they say. I might have to pass this along to Jacqueline, Jacqueline Callanan, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, this is going to be like the third or fourth letter Jacqueline Callanan has gotten from me, okay? <laughs> Yeah, you know, if I were mobile, I'd be in her office. All right, so let's see here. So there you, so that's good news, guys. I mean, I don't know what you guys think. Do you guys think that's good news? I think that that is good news, ladies and gentlemen, to be quite honest with you. Anyhow, uh, so there's that. Let's see here. There is that. Let me see what we got going on over here. Yep, kiss, uh, kiss back over there at the foxhole making comment. I do understand, so I waited five years to become a citizen. Well, God bless you and God bless that. Justice Song, what are you doing with that, uh, with that, uh, cackling, uh, Kamala Harris? Jeez Louise. I had to submit that to the channel here. Let me go and throw that on the screen real quick. So, um, so I can read it better. Okay, I'm also, I can read it better. I can read it better than, uh, if I'm, uh, looking at it on this other screen down here and let me do this over here hold on real quick hold the door ladies and gentlemen hold the door oh cool hey kiss baby please hit the thumbs up for mr oh i appreciate that kiss thank you so much for uh dropping that over at rumble hope all you guys are doing well over there at rumble okay and uh let's see here what is this no let me let me face this way okay 
<laughs> Anyways, okay, so, uh, ho, hey, hey, what is up? Lisa James, Texas, 4354, good evening. The food supply is in danger. Oh, okay, all right, well, thanks for dropping the link there. Twin Crier, thank you for gifting the cookie, much appreciated. Awakened Mom says, why was he there? Dedicated to the voter fraud scheme. Who are we talking about here? Okay, so good evening, Awakened Mom. It's great to see you. Raja D, it's good to see you as well. And oh, isn't that cute? Look at, here's the, here's the cackling Kamala. <laughs> no, not cackling Kamala. Uh, Raja D, hello, Mr. C. Happy to hear that laugh. Hugs. Oh, it's good to see you, Raja D. It's been a minute since I've seen you. Good evening. Uh, Awaken Mom, it's been a minute since I've seen you as well. Awaken Mom says, Mr. C, hello, good to see you. Did you know that Secretary of State Raffensperger was the course was at the correspondence dinner for Biden? Saw him seated at the table as camera skin. No, I did not know that. That's an interesting little factoid. Um, I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that he was there. Uh, but I did not know he was uh, present and accounted for at that correspondent dinner. You know, I actually wanted to talk a little bit more about Georgia in regards to what's going on over there with President Trump and their crooked district attorney and that uh, that uh, election witch hunt that they're doing from him, you know. Uh, but maybe maybe we'll get to that at another point in the future. Awakened Mom sends, why was he there? Dedicated to the voter fraud scream? If it walks like a duck, it must be like a duck. It better... Never mind, I'm not going to say it. You know, Awakened Mom, that's a good point, though. Because was it not Hair Biden of the Biden regime that said, uh, we've put together perhaps the, the largest uh, and most inclusive uh, voter fraud uh, organization in United States history. So it would make sense that Bradford Raffensperger, little Bradford, okay, that's his legal name, would be at that correspondence dinner as he is part of that machinery, awakened mom. So uh, thanks for pointing that out. You know, I'll probably go and look for that video, right? Why not? I mean, everything's coming to light right now. And I'm not talking like in the Freemason kind of dark to light way. Do you guys know that's a Freemasonry phrase? I think it's dark to light or light to dark or whatever. It's Freemason, so we should just stop saying it, you know, period. So <laughs> how about bringing light into the... No, wait, wait, wait. We don't want to... We don't want to turn... We don't want to do dark to light, right? Wait light to dark i don't know how they say it anymore once i found out it was a freemason phrase i stopped i was like yeah I just erased it okay so uh all right so there we go guys let's press forward and press on ladies and gentlemen thanks again for hanging out here this evening uh, got a couple of more stories to share with you all. i know we're already approaching hour number two here but as a uh, as I said in the past, well, you know, I, I intend fully, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to uh, get these stories out. And then, you know, we'll see what happens after that. Like, so if you're hanging out over at Rumble, if you're hanging out over at Twitch, uh, after the next couple of stories, I'll probably um, end up uh, cutting the feeds and then just doing hanging out for a little bit over at pill.net, the foxhole.app. So... Uh, whenever I say go, you might want to head over there if you want to see what's going to, you know, be hanging on out over here for the rest of the stream. I don't know. We'll see what happens, guys. We'll see what happens. I'm going to try not to dip out too, too soon. 
But hey, you know, uh, getting these election stories across the board, always a fun thing. And uh, thanks again for being here. If you are enjoying today's episode, uh, please make sure to hit the like or the thumbs up button uh, to help get this um, a broadcast and podcast out there and available uh, to all ladies and gentlemen who might be interested. Make sure you follow this live stream available at Pilled, Rumble, and Twitch. And don't forget, you can get the podcast, which is also available on most apps for Android and Apple. And don't forget to smash that like button, ladies and gentlemen. And again, thank you. <laughs> don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, the C Report and Mr. C TV live streams are audience supported. So uh, you can donate today uh, if you'd like to. You can go actually to the cereport.com, I think, okay, will it needs it's under maintenance right now, okay? So you can follow any of the links below if you're at Rumble or if you're at uh, pill.net. Uh, you can also become a monthly member with a subscription at pill.net, Twitch TV or odyssey.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for being here tonight. Okay, so uh, the next uh, stories I kind of wanted to get into, I think we're going to do the Carrie Lake update. So um, let's do... Oh, you know what? Before we do the Carrie Lake update, let's do this one. Okay, I got this from... Let's see here. Where is this at? Here it is. So this was from the press reader. I thought this would be interesting to share with you guys. So, uh, you know, well, you know, this came from, uh, well, it says here the New York or the New Haven Register. But I, you know, I found this article, you know, scattered throughout other areas, you know, press reader, right? Like this title of the press reader article is six months after midterm losses, election deniers mount new efforts. So uh, we have uh, the mainstream lamestream, right? We have the Mockingbird propaganda legacy press media, otherwise known as fake news, uh, out there monitoring what's going on in the arena of the America First candidates. You know, the very America First candidates that future rhinos, future traders, future traders current rhinos, ladies and gentlemen, and fake Republicans and me first uh, patriots all turned their back on, right? You know, and isn't that funny, right? They're like, oh, we're all America first, right? We're all about, uh, we're all about, you know, uh, restoring this republic. We're all about election fraud exposure. And then they turn on the very people that were put in place to fight for that cause specifically. You know, places like the Washington Examiner, right? You know, you guys know I still share their articles, but we're looking at possible future traitors. I'm hoping that maybe calling them out will cause them to rectify their path, right? But they were the ones that were amongst the, uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that Washington Examiner claims to be like a conservative, but come on, they've, they've consistently you know, reported on uh, conservative uh, stories and narratives uh, that are effectual to our cause, right? So, you know, with that in mind, when they start uh, pushing Ron DeSantis, and it has really nothing to do with them pushing Ron DeSantis more than it does with them um, um, laying into Trump and claiming that uh, it is uh, his fault that there was no red wave, and it was his candidate's fault that there was no red wave because they were just not up to snuff okay 
those candidates, ladies and gentlemen, the mainstream, lamestream, the fake news media, for some reason, is keeping tabs on them. So I thought I'd share this article with you guys six months after midterms uh, losses. Election deniers mount new efforts. Now, the the press reader is a little bit too hard for me to share with you guys. So we're going to go to another rendition of this. This one coming from the Washington Compost, right? And uh, it's the same. It's the same article. It's just published elsewhere. Six months after midterm losses, election deniers mount new efforts. Candidates who denied the results of the 2020 election are considering runs for different offices, and building power ahead, uh, building political power ahead of 2024. Okay, so let's go ahead and skip down here. It says. Uh, in the 2022 midterm elections, an unprecedented number of Republican candidates denied or cast doubt on the results of the latest presidential election, spread false conspiracy theories about the nation's voting systems, and in many cases questioned the legitimacy of American democracy, blah, 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 okay, blah, blah, blah. It says here, uh, let's just skip down to, I mean, we already know, we already know the story, guys, okay, we all already know the story. So the first one they talk about is Carrie Lake. Um, midterm office sought, of course, governor of Arizona. Uh, this is what they have to say about her. One of the breakout right-wing stars of the 2022 midterms, Lake narrowly lost her bid for Arizona governor uh, to Democrat De uh, Katie Hobbs, who took office in January. Lake challenged the outcome in that state court Claiming widespread irregularities, the Arizona Supreme Court has refused to hear the majority of Lake's claims and sent one part of her challenge to trial court for review. Despite her loss, Lake is now a powerhouse in the party. She is considered a top contender for Republican nomination for Senate in Arizona, a bid that excites the party's base but worries strategists who fear she cannot win the highly competitive seat. Uh, she was featured speaker at the Con Conservative Political Action Conference, uh, 2023's Reagan Dinner in March, and won CPAC straw poll for vice presidential nominations. Lake has appeared alongside President Donald Trump at several recent events and has been discussed as a political, as a potential vice presidential pick. All of that is just their own fantasy, right? Their fantasies to have her as a President uh, Trump VP, uh, you know, Kerry Lake has expressed overwhelmingly uh, the majority, if not 100% of the time, that she has no interest in running as VP. Her interest is uh, fighting for the people of Arizona, fighting for her constituents, and by proxy fighting for the people of America to ensure that this election is taken care of, and that is the one that was rigged, okay, and stolen, ladies and gentlemen, in broad daylight in front of everybody and their grandmother back in November of 2022. Christina Caramo, oh my goodness, Christina Caramo had the pleasure of interviewing her one time Ladies and gentlemen, not that I didn't try to get a hold of her four or five other times later, but, you know, what can you do? Midterm office sought Michigan Secretary of State. Now, we pulled for Christina Caramo here at the C-Report, you know, almost from the start of her election campaign. 
Uh, even before that, actually, I take it back. We uh, we started supporting Christina Caramo back when she walked all of those affidavits, thousands of them, literally thousands of them, to the office of Jocelyn Benson, Secretary of Snakes of Michigan, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we, we played the video here. I think it was summertime 2021 <clears throat> when that video came out. Um, but, you know, since then, you know, we haven't spoken about Christina Cramo much, you know, and, you know, we actually we haven't really spoken much about Michigan, you know, in general. Now, you know, I, I used to report on Michigan so much here on the Sea Report. I was like, I don't know what I have this strange affinity towards Michigan, but maybe it was because of the outright exploitation and criminality, the negligence and the abuse that uh, we witnessed uh, um, um, happen to the people of Michigan during the 2020 election. You know, and, you know, I've always been curious, particularly because, you know, in in trying to hunt down some of these election stories from 2022 and granted, you know, in May 2023, we are about on par um, where the great revealing of all of the election fraud that took place in November 2022 is going to start bubbling. It's going to be start frothing out now <clears throat> a lot more because we're about on par in the cycle right in the cycle of election fraud and and now election exposure we're starting to get more of the stories and you know the stories that i'm interested in are in like wisconsin okay or like in michigan for example you know in georgia so we can get these refreshers, you know, because right now we're talking about Maricopa County, you know, right now we're talking about Harris County, I mean, Maricopa County, Arizona, Harris County, Texas, Luzerne County, Pennsylvania, those are definitely um, areas that are on the map for election rigging and fraud in 2022. What happened in Michigan? You know, what's this? What's the story, Morning Glory? What's the deal? Ali McBeal? Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> that was so retarded. Anyways, okay, so uh, let's see what it has to say about Christina Caramo. Uh, Caramo, a former Detroit area community college instructor, lost, they say. I don't know, you know, as interested as in that story as I was, I didn't follow it once it happened. Um, but let me see here, because, I mean, there was so much going on, and then, you know, everything else in the personal life happened. But anyhow, it says here, um, Karamo, a former Detroit area community college instructor, lost to Secretary of Snakes Jocelyn Benson. She campaigned on claims that she witnessed fraud in the 2020 election, presidential election, while working as an election challenger, who formally observed the voting process a Michigan GOP-run Senate investigation and 250 audits by Michigan Secretary of State each found no evidence of widespread voter fraud in the 2020 election. That's according to them. Hello. Uh, we all know this anyways. Now, this right here, this GOP-run <coughs> Senate investigation, <clears throat> this was a real daylight moment, ladies and gentlemen. This was a real daylight moment wherein we saw and we could realize, ladies, oh, you know what? You know what I need to do? You do you know what I need to do for this GOP Michigan, this Michigan GOP run Senate investigation? I'll do the same thing that I did when it first happened. Ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about the senators who put this report together in the state of Michigan, we need a rhino alert.
right, guys. All right, bringing back that good old Rhino alert. Now, they told us who they were. They showed us who they were, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, this is, this is the same report that, again, the Epic Times put out. Now, I get it, the Epic Times. Once they received their threatening letters from Dominion lawsuits, they, they turned tail. Now, they did an absolute diligent job of covering election fraud with those voting machines up until they got that letter from the dominion lawyers okay and we covered that article we covered all those articles here on the c report you know so yeah for those of you who are not aware the epic times also did receive threatening letters of legal uh, legal proceedings from Dominion Voting Systems, and they summarily stopped reporting on election fraud stories dealing with voting machines or otherwise. But when they did publish stories on election fraud, they were curious stories like this one about the GOP-run Senate investigation saying that there was no evidence of widespread voter fraud. And it was such a shame because we had had some of those senators who were really fighting for the people of Michigan in regards to COVID-19, the vaccine mandates, the mandatory lockdowns, and they were fighting like the hounds of hell, ladies and gentlemen. But the minute I saw those same Republican senators put this piece of crap Senate report investigation out, I knew for a fact the people of Michigan were further up the creek than I had initially thought, ladies and gentlemen. So that's that story. But, you know, uh, Christina Caramo, while she did not win the, uh, well, again, I'm, I'm, I'm more than 100% sure that it was rigged and fraudulent, ladies and gentlemen, in Michigan especially, okay? But ladies and gentlemen, you know, Christina Cramo did did end up becoming the GOP chair, I believe, of the Republican Party in Michigan. So uh, I think I think this article discloses that fact as well. It says Caramo has not yet conceded her race, claiming without evidence that the election was contaminated by fraud. She brought a lawsuit calling for all of Detroit's absentee ballots cast in the 2022 midterms to be rejected which a judge rejected in court and deemed intolerable. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty insane, okay? That is pretty insane. And you know, the thing about it is, is that after post-2022 elections, like, she fell off the map. Her and Matt DiPerno fell off the map. Wisconsin fell off the map. Pennsylvania. The only thing in Pennsylvania that stayed on the map was Fetterman. But even the election itself was not on the map, okay? Like, all of the Midwest and Northeast fell off the map, okay? And all of the focus went to Arizona, which is understandable. But there were still things happening. And, you know, there were scarce few. There were maybe one or two outlets on the independent alternative, including Bannon's War Room, that still continue to interview these patriots, these unsung heroes of election um, fraud exposure, ladies and gentlemen, from 2020 to 2022. You know, and, and that's, I mean, I tried to get them on my show to do interviews, but none of them would come, you know, but I mean, that's okay. I don't, I mean, I have nothing personal against it. 
you know, I understand that you need to be able to vet those who do your, uh, who you interview with in case they're like, you know, uh, you know, you know, some kind of a crazy person, but uh, whatever, right? So anyways, in February, Michigan Republicans elected Caramo as chair of the state party, putting a noted election denier in charge in a pivotal swing state ahead of the 2024 presidential election. Since Caramo's election, the Michigan GOP has faced criticism for a tweet seeking to link gun control with the Holocaust, which we're not even going to get into. So that's a quick update on Christina Caramo. Again, head of Michigan, you know, I do, I did pull some stories on her and, you know, we might, uh, I might save that. Well, I mean, I am going to save that for another, another time. I might report on that. I mean, uh, because she's coming, like this article says, she is coming under fire from her party itself, establishment hacks and rhinos within her party, you know, as well as from the media, not to mention the government of Michigan itself. So she has her odds stacked against her, ladies and gentlemen. But um, Christina Caramo has continued to fight for the people of Michigan. And um, now she's doing it in a way uh, that might affect some change at the party level, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, the next individual they talk about in this article is Jim Marchant of Nevada. Uh, now, Jim Marchant was also seeking the office of Secretary of State. Now, again, these are all of the America First Secretary of State Coalition members, ladies and gentlemen, that you might remember we talked about here on the Sea Report when it, when the coalition was first initiated back in 2021. Okay, I think that's when I became aware of it. Anyways, you know, um, and that's when it was a it, that's when it was a coalition of like maybe five or six members. We had Jim Marchant. Christina Caramo, um, um, we had that, uh, well, Katie, what was her name? Was it Katie Hogg, I think, right? I, I might have, I might be saying that name wrong. And I'm like Katie Hobbs, right? Anyways, uh, who else did we have? We had, uh, we had also, uh, I can see the Bolo Tie guy. Um, the Bolo Tie guy from, uh, from Arizona, uh, Mark Fincham. He was another one, right? Uh, who else was in that? Who else was in that coalition at the start? Uh, we had uh, the um, a Secretary of State, uh, Secretary of State candidate from New Mexico. Her name is escaping me right now, uh, and I think one or two others guys. And then and then it kind of expanded and blew up, and they had all of these other members and other offices that were being in, uh, included in that coalition. So you know that was that was an interesting thing. You know, I actually had no idea. Uh, that uh, that individual Juan O'Savin was part of it. But, you know, that kind of said a lot of things to me, too, when I was like, oh, Juan O'Savin had something to do with this, right? <laughs> and taking him on tour anyways. So I was like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe never mind. I'm not even going to go there. Okay, so let's talk about Jim Marchant. I had the chance to shake this man's hand in Nevada. Um, but uh, at the time, I will admit, I was not too familiar with his work. It wasn't until after I was like, Jim Marchant, I need to look this guy up. I was like, holy crud. I was speaking with like one of the organizers. Well, one of, yeah, the founder and the organizer of this coalition, right? So Jim Marchant is an outspoken Trump ally, right, who campaigned unsuccessfully on election denialism in a bid to become Nevada Secretary of State, announced Wednesday that he will campaign for the state's GOP Senate nomination. So he is running for uh, Nevada Senate. 
Should he prevail, Marchant will challenge Senator Jackie Rosen, a Democrat, in the 2024 election. Marchant ran a failed campaign for the House in 2020 and unsuccessfully tried to overturn the results in a lawsuit. He was endorsed by Trump in the 2022 midterms and led a coalition of America First Secretary of State candidates in 2022 who largely failed in their bids for competitive seats. And, and it is that tagline right there that the rhinos and the future traders of America First, of the conservative movement, of anyone who wants to restore this republic, showed their face and they turned their backs on these people, okay? The Me First Patriots turned their backs on the America First Patriots. They turned their back on America. They turned their back on American elections and our electoral process. They turned their back on their constituents. They turned their back on their neighbors, okay? When they went out there and they started talking about, oh, 2022 red wave didn't happen. Oh, there was no red wave tsunami. Oh, why did you go vote on election day after they said that you have to go vote on election day? Really, okay? Really how funny some of these people start to act the closer that we get to restoring this republic, ladies and gentlemen. Real funny sometimes how these people start to act. You know, sometimes it's kind of like, just just put them on mute and just watch what they do, okay? Let's just put them on mute and let their actions speak for themselves, right? Anyways, so it says here, um, Rosen immediately responded to the news by calling Marchant a far-right politician who spreads baseless conspiracy theories. All right, Myra Flores. Let's talk about Texas. Myra Flores um, was a United States... Oh, she sought the office of the United States representative for the 34th Congressional District. Now, you guys might remember she won the seat... But it was like uh, it was like an interim position, right? And then the elections came up shortly thereafter. It says Flores won an upset victory in June 2022 special election for a House district in Texas Rio Grande Valley. Her win in the heavily Hispanic area prompted excitement from Republicans and shock from amongst the Democrats at the shifting voting patterns of Hispanic voters in the area. In November, Flores lost a race for a newly drawn congressional district. Now, this is what I'm talking about. No matter who drew that congressional district, and it seems to me like it would have been the Texas GOP, ladies and gentlemen, we have the fabled changing of congressional districts in order to shut out viable America First patriotic can uh, candidates in elections this was the story morning glory from 2021 and 2022 this is how they got a lot of america first candidates out in one fell swoop at the very beginning before they could even run a campaign ladies and gentlemen we had the we had american patriots knocking on doors and getting signatures and after they were collected we had these congressional districts being gerrymandered rigged or otherwise changed in order to block out the votes and the hard work that these candidates had done this was uh this was aborted they, they mean these candidates were literally aborted by their own party okay now was this the specific case with Maida Flores? Perhaps not. Perhaps it was. 
But in any case, it does draw on the facts of the matter that these things did occur at the hands of the GOP, not just of the Democrats. And that should be noted, right? So the article goes on to say, Flores, who denied the results of the 2020 election and shared conspiracy theories about the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol, false flag as it was, says she is focused on bringing more Hispanic voters into the conservative political sphere. Flores is a senior political contributor for Americano Media, an upstart news outlet that seeks to produce right-wing Spanish language, I need to get a hold of that, uh, content in a model similar to Fox News. The group has garnered backing from GOP political operatives, including many alumni of both uh, Trump's presidential campaigns. Caroline Leavitt. Leave it alone, Caroline. Leave it alone. It says here, Caroline Levis sought the office of United States Representative for New Hampshire's 1st Congressional District. Okay, now I do not know who Caroline Leavitt is. So this should be interesting. I'm going to pull this open. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I do remember hearing about Caroline. I just didn't follow her story. This is, uh, she was the youngest woman. She would have been the youngest woman elected. I think I remember seeing a picture of her. It says a former assistant press secretary in the Trump White House and communications director for Representative Elise. Mm, pardon me, ladies and gentlemen. That must have been the name Elise Stefanik. Just kidding. Sorry, guys. Anyways, okay, it says here, um, a former assistant press secretary in the Trump White House and communications director to Representative Elise Stefanik, Leavitt ran an unsuccessful bid to unseat incumbent Representative Chris Papas in New Hampshire's 1st Congressional District. Leavitt, 25, uh, would have been the youngest woman ever elected in the House of Representatives um, in April, Leave It joined uh, Make America Great Again Incorporated. What the heck is that? It is a pro-Trump super PAC as it presses secretary. Oh, as its press secretary, excuse me. So she joined MAGA Incorporated as its press secretary. The organization is staffed with several alumni of the Trump administration and seeks to ensure a second Trump administration and to promote America First candidates. The group was founded just weeks before the November midterms and focused its efforts on buoying, buoying, excuse me, Trump-backed candidates against Democrats in competitive statewide races. Uh, it had it has launched multiple ads attacking Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is widely seen as Trump's biggest potential rival in the 2024 GOP nomination. Makes me wonder, ladies and gentlemen, if they've talked about how uh, DeSantis is a bush boy. That's what I call him. He's a bush boy. Okay. So uh, let me see this one real quick. Oh, I'm not going to get any pictures. That stinks. Okay. It's okay. Well, we won't go there. Let's talk about the next one. Sarah Palin, right? Guys, we can see, we can see Russia. Okay. You know, um... I don't got anything against Sarah Palin in particular. I mean, you would have to follow her now versus what she was uh, doing when she was under Main McCain's, you know, wing, ladies and gentlemen. You know, John McCain, he who shall be named, right? 
So anyways, guys, it says here, Sarah Palin, U.S. Representative for Alaska at Large Congressional District. That was the office she was seeking. The former Alaska governor and vice presidential nominee lost her race for Alaska's at-large seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, Palin, who ran as a Trump-aligned conservative in a crowded field, blamed her loss to Representative Mary Peltola, a Democrat, on the state's new ranked-choice voting system. Palin has since campaigned against ranked-choice voting across the country, claiming without evidence that the system may lead to fraud and casting other doubts on its usefulness. Lee Zeldin. Now, you know, I'm going to have to remember, and again, because I haven't had this information front of mind, uh, I cannot access it, but there was something I dinged Lee Zeldin on for not long ago. I mean, I don't know, maybe some of you guys in the audience can help me remember. I cannot remember. So anyways, there's something I dinged him on. He said something or he did something. He said something or did something? Ladies and gentlemen, that was quite disagreeable to America First and restoring this republic, but it'll it'll come back to me, I'm sure. So he ran for New York governor. A former Republican congressman, Zeldin has been vaunted by GOP political operatives and grassroots activists for running against running an aggressive statewide campaign that came within six points of defeating New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Gremlin Hochul is what we call her here at the Sea Report. She is Gremlin Hochul in the traditionally liberal state. You know, I bet you he won that election, ladies and gentlemen. Zeldin, who voted against the certification of the 2020 election, closely allied with Trump and right-wing politics while centering his campaign on issues such as crime and taxes. Although he lost his campaign, uh, although he lost, his campaign is credited with uh, booing down ballot Republicans to victory in races that many credit for clinching Republicans' House majority, like George Santos, for example. Well, that was a mess, wasn't it, ladies and gentlemen? That was a total mess. In April, he endorsed Trump ahead of the 2024 GOP presidential primary. He has not ruled out another bid for office himself. Zeldin recently launched a political action committee that has endorsed Republican congressional candidates in New York at CPAC. He slammed Senator Kristen Gillibrand, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, a Democrat of New York, leading to some uh, speculation that he might challenge her in 2024. Last Tuesday, he said he'd keep an eye on the race when asked if he'd challenged her. Doug Mastriano, ladies and gentlemen, Doug Mastriano of Pennsylvania. Now, there again, that's another that's another case, another election that I did not get to follow too closely. It'd be interesting to go back. But, you know, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of fight coming out of these states, right? As far as trying to prove election fraud, as far as trying to get uh, the answers to questions that their constituents had. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it was there. Not like we're seeing with Carrie Lake. Not like we're seeing with the 21 uh, uh, Republican candidates who are suing the state of, uh, uh, who are suing the county of Harris in the state of Texas for a botched 2022 election. I mean, we didn't see anything like that come from any of these people. I mean, you would almost think that there's no more election fraud in Pennsylvania or in Wisconsin or in Michigan, right? Anyways. 
Mastriano, who made election denialism and a promise to overturn future elections, uh, he disagreed with the core tenets of his campaign, lost his bid for Pennsylvania governor to Democrat Josh Shapiro by almost 15 points, according to them. Mastriano is now considering another run for U.S. Senate. While he has not formally announced, Mastriano has published dubious polls showing him in a competitive race against Senator Robert P. Casey Jr., a Democrat. The retired military officer and state senator is devoutly religious and made his conservative interpretation of Christianity central to his governor bid. He has said he is praying about whether to run again. Tudor Dixon. Tudor Dixon ran for Michigan, right? Oh, God. What was going on with Tudor Dixon? I can't remember. There was something you guys know. I always got something to say, right? Anyways, okay. Dixon ran an unsuccessful bid against Wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Wretched Gretchen Whitmer, ladies and gentlemen. A spokesperson for Dixon told the Washington Compost she is no longer considering a bid for Senate. Though Dixon may uh, lost by double digits in recent media appearances, she has not backed away from her embrace of conspiracy theories, says the Washington Compost. About the 2020 election, Joe Kent, this is uh, someone from Washington, seeking, he sought uh, Washington's third congressional district as U.S. representative. And it says here uh, that Kent conceded the race to Democrat uh, Marie uh, Glusenkamp Perez after a close recount. I remember that recount. Kent, who has ties to white nationalist groups, according to them, has launched another run for the seat. He has voiced concerns about Republican turnout and the need for the GOP to mobilize its conservative base. All right, guys, and so that's going to take us, I think this is the last uh, last individual that they're speaking about as far as election fraud exposers go, and those who were members of, you know, one, the America First Coalition of candidates, and two, those who are fighting to restore, to restore integrity to our elections. Mark Fincham was listed as one of those. I'm actually, you know, we talked about Fincham quite a bit here at the C-Report. Let me read through this and then I'll share some words. Mark Fincham sought the office of Secretary of State. Fincham unsuccessfully ran for Arizona Secretary of State in 2022 against Adrian Fontes. Okay. Adrian Fontes, who was previously the Maricopa County recorder, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that was prior to, uh, prior to uh, the, uh, the balding ginger. I can't remember his name. Um, what was it? Richard, Dick Richard. What was his name? Dick Richard. Was that his name? I can't remember his name. He was the balding, uh, the balding ginger in denial. I can't remember his name. Anyways, you guys know who I'm talking about, right? Uh, Recorder Richer. That was his name. Recorder Richer. Anyways, the balding ginger in denial. Okay. All right. So, so anyways, uh, you know, here's the thing though. You like, I have not followed Fincham's case closely. Um, I don't know if he's still fighting for his seat. Not like Carrie Lake and Abe Hamaday are, you know, and no one even knows where Blake Masters is. I think he already went to some other galaxy, right? With uh, 
Blake Masters already went to some other galaxy, or maybe he's currently orbiting the planet with Peter Thiel. I don't know, and their little love nest in the sky. I don't know, guys. I mean, that's what I think is going on with Peter Thiel and Blake Masters. But anyways, okay, so uh, according to this, it says uh, he has not accepted the election results, baselessly arguing that the election was stolen. In March, an Arizona judge sanctioned Fincham for false claims he made about the 2022 election. Okay, so that's what's, that's what's up. That's what's going on here. Now, Fincham is required to cover legal fees for Fontes' defense of his election victory as part of the censure. Uh, an earlier version of this story stated that, okay, so Lee Zeldin, uh, former Republican congressman from New York, was a member of the House, blah, blah, blah. Okay. He was not. Okay, so Fincham uh, has to cover the legal fees of Fontes. Now, isn't that a shame? Right now, I want to, uh, I need to, I would like to know why it is that Fincham got a different deal than Hobbs or Hamaday. Like, what's going on here, guys? And is Fincham going to do anything about it? Because as long as Hamaday and as long as Lake are still in the fight, people like Masters and Fincham should still be in the fight, right? Like, this is ridiculous. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's out for appeal on this, right? But, you know, there's been a lot of other things that have been coming up in the scope of the matter, ladies and gentlemen, in regarding Arizona, right, ladies and gentlemen? And, you know, I really don't like to say that I'd have to play this little ditty, ladies and gentlemen, but, you know, it seems like for some of the previous America First election integrity spokespeople that used to come out and do tours all around America, we might have to play this ditty for them. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Rhino Alert, Rhino Alert, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, goodness me, oh guys, guy, goodness me, oh my. So that was a little bit of an update. That's, this is, this is how the mainstream lamestream, this is how the propaganda mockingbird media the legacy press is looking at some of these America First candidates. Now, I'll be honest with you guys, and everybody knows the end is not for everyone, and everyone knows one of my main uh, mantras here, one of my mottos is that the closer we get to restoring this republic, ladies and gentlemen, the closer we get to restoring this republic, the more future traitors will come out, the more rhinos will unmask, the more funny things we'll begin to see the more actions will not line up with words. So I can't tell you at this point that I'm totally bought and sold on everyone on this list, okay? Not like I used to be, because their actions are sure screaming right now for some of these people, and they just do not align up with everything they spoke about and promised, ladies and gentlemen, in the wake of the stolen 2020 elections. Okay, so uh, I wanted to look at this now. Okay, so now now we're officially into OT, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're officially into OT. If you're hanging here out at the uh, C Report, ladies and gentlemen, on whatever station or platform you might be uh, partaking in this information, thank you for being here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and make sure that you hit the uh, like or uh, the um, plus button, the rumble button, if you're over at rumble. Follow and subscribe, 
doing this, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, a few times a week. The Sea Report, America Rising, America is Awake. I was going to look at this story before we get to our final story for tonight. Like, okay, so I was planning to do two hours only, right? On all channels and then maybe cut it for the last hour. But, uh, man, I just, you know, I just, I guess maybe I, I need to figure out how to compile my stories better in a more, in a more concise and timely manner. But, you know, I like to talk with you guys. So, hope you don't mind. Uh, okay, so uh, who is, what was it that I was going to look at real quick? Before we jump to our final, so we'll be talking about Carrie Lake for the final portion of tonight's show. Oh, this is it right here. Ew, it's the Washington Camp Post. Bam! Okay, let's see what this has to say. Ew! New Trump-backed super PAC formed ahead of midterms. Okay, and I'm sure I could have just looked this up instead of going to the Washington Compost, but I mean, it came from that article, so sue me. We'll do that too, just to push forward in our due diligence, okay? MAGA Inc. Can we even get a website here, ladies and gentlemen? Can we even get a website? Jeez Louise, okay, let's see here. All right, and um, no MAGA Inc. website? Okay, really? Why not? There we go. MAGA Pack MAGA Inc. I'm guessing this is the same thing, right? Woohoo! Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, this reminds me of President Trump's website and his videos. It must be made by the same person. We all like this one, guys. Wait, I want to play that with good sound. Hold on. Let's see these. I guess these are their videos, right? So these are the videos of MAGA. Hey, pardon me, President Trump. <laughs> I need you to wait for a moment, please, sir. Okay. All right. So. I want to play this with good sound. Okay, here we go. Let's check this out real quick. In 2016, I declared. I am your voice. Today, I am. I am your warrior, I am your justice, and for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I will totally obliterate the deep state, and we will make America great again. Okay, guys. All right. So, oh, cool. So, he, yes. Oh, sorry, guys. I am your voice. I am your retribution. Sorry, I had a message coming in there. Um, okay, so, 
let's get to our final story for tonight. And we're going to be talking about Carrie Lake. Now, Carrie Lake had a um, new filing go for So here's another bit of good news, ladies and gentlemen, that I think... Oh, okay, cool. All right, cool. Um, all right, so uh, this is from the Western Journal. Uh, Carrie Lake had a new uh, filing in her court uh, case regarding the election from 2022 midterms stolen. All right. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't realize it wasn't on the screen. There we go. Okay, let's stop that screen. Okay, and uh, we'll do a couple of things here, and then we'll... Uh, I actually wanted to share some videos with you um, in regards to Carrie Lake. Real quick, I just wanted to thank, uh, again, um, the uh, members over at uh, pill.net and the foxhole.app, QTP9, Sean Joe, Twin Crier, Sean Joe, Karen Allen43. Thank you so much for gifting the cookie. Thank you so much for um, donating to the show. Much appreciated. And uh, Karen Allen says, We know they are a uniparty. That's right. The Republicans are a uniparty, and the Democrats are a uniparty, and there's even uniparty voters. Uniparty and NGOs, uniparty businesses, uniparty donors, etc. So, uh, from the Western Journal, did Carrie Lake just find the smoking gun? Cybersecurity experts drop bombshells clue, bombshell clue in new lawsuit. So, a new lawsuit or a new filing with um, the state of Arizona in regards to uh, the Carrie Lake trial. Let me see if I think I have it here somewhere. Let me find it. Here it is. Okay, so this is the lawsuit, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, a lot of interesting stuff here. And like I said, the title of the, uh, I think they said it was an op-ed. Was it an opinion piece? Let me move this over here so it's a little bit closer. No, commentary. Might as well be an opinion piece, right? So, uh, and you know, I'm finding that that's the way that some of these um, um, journalists and some of these editors are managing to get stories like this out there is by calling it an opinion and, and as opposed to running it as an actual story or calling it commentary. And, you know, I don't blame them for it. I mean, they're getting the information out there. I'm just making a, a general statement or on the observation or an analysis of that observation. So, um, okay, let's see here. Uh, so, uh, oh yeah, so, uh, real quick, we can read what some of this, um, lawsuit says here, guys. I mean, it basically asserts that, um, the, uh, Maricopa County, um, violated state law, ladies and gentlemen, uh, something that we all know, uh, in our hearts to be true, but you know, we've also seen the evidence. We've also seen, uh, we saw the massive voter suppression that was occurring through and through ladies and gentlemen in 22, as well as all of the ballot finagling and tampering ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, it says here, among other things, new and disturbing evidence shows that Maricopa violated Arizona law and did not perform a, a logic and accuracy testing on any vote center tabulators used on election day. Further, after Maricopa certified it passed logic and accuracy testing on October 11th, 2022, Maricopa secretly tested all 446 vote center tabulators on October 14th, 17th, and 18th, 
and knew that 260 of the vote center tabulators would fail on election day. Is that not insane, ladies and gentlemen? Like, those are some pretty strong accusations, allegations, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that's, uh, is that, is that indeed the smoking gun with the fingerprints? It says, in addition, the new evidence shows that Maricopa co-director of elections, Scott Jarrett, gave false testimony with respect to the issue of 19-inch ballot images being printed on the 20-inch ballot paper called Fit to Print or Fit to Page. Jarrett's testimony that this issue occurred at only three vote centers and was caused by temporary technicians changing printer settings in attempt to fix printer problems on election day is false. This is new evidence. This new evidence directly addresses the courts finding that Lake had not shown intentional misconduct on the part of Maricopa officials. In addition, contrary to the court's finding, thousands of ballots rejected at vote centers were not counted at the MCTEC central count. As such, count two should be reinstated and this claim should proceed to trial along with count three signature verification and we know that that was something that the judges had already returned back to the courts to reconsider ladies and gentlemen um so uh we have several things that they're looking at in regards to this brand new filing ladies and gentlemen uh, from this uh, article over at the western journal dated the 12th that's today it was updated it says here, Fields Mosley, Fields Mosley, excuse me, Maricopa County Director of Communications provided the Western Journal with a legal filing from the county that addressed some of the issues discussed in this article. That information has been added below. It says in the ongoing court fight over Arizona's uh, November elections, Carrie Lake is raising the stakes. The legal team for the Republican gubernatorial candidate on Tuesday asked the state superior court to review a decision from December that threw out her claims about printing problems that plagued the state's most populous county on Election Day. In an explosive filing that claims to have new and compelling evidence to back up a cybersecurity expert's findings that happened in Maricopa County on November 8th, was the result of intentional misconduct that amounted to sabotage of the voting system on behalf of the Democrat who now holds the governor's office. The filing related to a December 24 decision by Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson, which dismissed, dismissed Lake's argument that, um, uh, that misconduct by Maricopa County election officials warranted challenging the razor-close results. Lake lost to current Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs by only about 17,000 votes out of 2.5 million cast. Another player might have thrown her in her cards at that point, on that front at least, but Lake stayed in the game. And in the filing on Tuesday presented new evidence for the cybersecurity experts' findings that Maricopa County officials had not only engaged in misconduct on Election Day, but lied about it during reviews of the process. The filing largely rests on the findings of Clay U. Parikh, the same expert whose testimony was discounted in December's court decision. It presents evidence that the team 
the Lake legal team says was not available for the trial earlier, including a review of election center printer issues that was not related or that was not released until April 10. And if it holds up, it could well be the smoking gun clue that overturns the Hobbs election. In, a, in an Exhibit A declaration in Tuesday's filing, Parikh described how records that have become available since the December decision indicate the Maricopa County Elections Department and the Arizona Secretary of State's office had falsely certified election voting center tabulators. The same tabulators whose failure caused such havoc in the county on November 8th. It's worth pointing out again here that now Governor Hobbs was Secretary of State at the time of the November election. If there was underhanded behavior afoot that was benefiting Democrat candidate for governor, the Secretary of State's office, Hobbs' own bureaucratic fiefdom, would be an ideal place for it. While the uh, county... While the county elections office and the secretary of state's office claimed that the equipment had been tested in public on October 11th, meeting the requirements of the state's election procedural manner, Parikh's statement declares the only testing of the 445 voting center tabulators with the same election project as that used on election day as required by the EPM occurred on October 14, 17, and 18 after Maricopa County and the Secretary of State had already signed uh, logic and accuracy testing certifications, which must now be considered fraudulent. In addition, Parikh stated what testing was done was outside the eyes of the public, used a far smaller sample size than was needed, and also showed that the machines were ripe for failure. And indeed, this is something that we all know, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we have another linchpin coming right up. All of that adds up, says the Western Journal, to the charge that the problems that Carrie Lake contends kept her from winning the governor's office were essentially deliberate. Following the tests of October 14, 17, and 18, and with the failed state of the tabulators preserved, Maricopa County knowingly and intentionally, or with reckless disregard, distributed the tabulators to voting centers for use on Election Day, Parikh's executive summary states. When it comes to the notorious ballot printing problems, the country attributed them largely to improper settings, but Parikh sees something worse. They were not only predictable because they had emerged in what little testing was done before the election, but were also much more widespread than the county has acknowledged. And it was, Parikh stated, deliberate. One major problem involved 19-inch ballots being printed on 20-inch paper, which made their image too small for the tabulators to read, according to Parikh's statement. The county claimed that was a technical issue caused by an inadvertent setting made by a technician or technicians and involved only a small number of votes that ended up being counted anyway. But Parikh's statement, citing the report released in April, noted that the error occurred much more often than the county acknowledged, in the middle of batches of ballots being printed and, most importantly, that it occurred on printers made by two different manufacturers. 
All of that adds up to a deliberate plan, Parikh's statement declares, not human error or technical malfunction. Statement notes, the only cause of this erroneous code malware or remote configuration changes. Is that all it could be, ladies and gentlemen? Maricopa's cards won't be on the table until the county's court responses are uploaded to the Superior Court website. That had not happened by Wednesday afternoon. Lake's motion to consider to reconsider is also available on the website. A request for comment Wednesday from Fields Mosley, Maricopa County's Director of Public Communications, was answered with a terse note. The county does not comment on current litigation. Thank you. However, on Thursday, he provided a copy of a legal filing in which Maricopa County's attorney disputed Lake's claim that 260 tabulators had failed secret uh, logic and accuracy testing done in October before the election. Uh, Corey, oh, let me see here. The document reads, first, the Secretary of State's representatives attested on the state's official logic and accuracy cert certificate that the required logic and accuracy testing occurred on October 11, 2022. One of those representatives was Corey Lorick, the state elections director. Second, Maricopa County Elections Department employees and political party observers signed the county's official certificate attesting that the logic and accuracy testing occurred on October 11, 2022. The county also denied the seek that secret testing occurred on October 14, 17, and 18, and that 260 of the 446 tabulators failed those tests. It's its legal filing said that on those dates, the county had installed new memory cards containing the certified election program that had undergone the logic and accuracy testing on each of its tabulators. Further, it said when installing the memory cards, the county tabulated a small number of ballots on each tabulator to be certain that the memory cards had been properly inserted. The county also said the tabulators did not fail the testing, but rather the misread errors Parikh identified in the machine's logs could have been caused by a number of issues, including ballots being inserted incorrectly. A likely story, ladies and gentlemen, if we're learning anything from, uh, you know, stories like Vote Scam, The Stealing of America. You know, uh, they've been doing this for quite some time, okay? And with machines, right? With machines, from the 1970s onward, and possibly as early as the 1950s, at least in Miami-Dade County, Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, the article concludes, finally, the county asserted, ladies and gentlemen, that Lake's team could not infer malicious intent from what Parikh discovered, pointing to an independent review overseen by former Arizonan Supreme Court Justice Ruth McGregor, reported in April that the cause of the election day polling tabulator slash printer problems was unknown. Lake, however, clearly thinks she has strong hand to play, and the stakes keep getting higher. With every day that Katie Hobbs remains in power in an election that's still being disputed, the credibility of every decision from the Arizona governor's office is going to be open to question. And it's pretty clear that Carrie Lake is not going to fold. All right, so that's an ex excellent article there. 
I pulled this one too. So it was in the uh, it was in the, the region there. America County is probe to election day printer issues, but look who is doing the investigating. It's this here. Oh, so this was printed in January. Okay, I think uh, uh, this was shortly before I went off the air. Uh, it said Maricopa County officials announced an investigation has been launched into the widespread election center printer issue. Uh, in a joint statement, Maricopa County Board of Supervisor POSBOS Chairman Bill Gates and Vice Chairman Clint Hickman announced the investigation, dubbing it an important step. Okay, so they're the ones who are investigating. <laughs> I can see how that could be a conflict of interest. It says here, of note, Carrie Lake, the fiery Republican gubernatorial candidate in the Arizona midterms, has not held anything back when it comes to criticizing Maricopa County officials, calling them crooks, and saying they should be locked up. Today, we are announcing an important step in our efforts to get to the bottom of the print issue that affected the some vote centers on Election Day last November. The statement continues. It says former Arizona Supreme Court Chief Justice Ruth McGregor has agreed to lead the independent investigation we promised. Justice McGregor has experience leading inquiries of this nature, including a 2019 investigation into issues with locks on state prison cell doors. Really? Really? They, they think that's the same thing as our elections? Anyways, Justice McGregor, maybe that was maybe that was like a sign or maybe that was like code for she's going to lock it down. She's going to lock down these investigations, right? Justice McGregor will hire a team of independent experts to find out why the printers that read ballots well in the that read ballots well in the August primary had trouble reading some ballots while using the same settings in the November general. Our voters deserve nothing less. So it says here at its face, this seems like good news for Lake and her team. After all, her legal team is still embroiled in a tense legal fight. Um, but based on a tweet from her official campaign Twitter account, Lake's team appears less than enthused about this development. It says, Ruth McGregor is the former Arizona Supreme Court justice who advised the court to cease using terms like illegal aliens or illegal immigrants because she found them to be derogatory. We wonder if she liked at Carrie Lake's border policy. Well, I can't uh, see any way that you're going to find any favors with the judge with <laughs> the apparent truths coming to light, right? So it says here, given one of uh, Lake's major campaign promises was about securing the southern border, it's easy to see why her team would have some consternation. Interesting that. So, okay. So uh, well, there's one more article here. And then I got two videos I want to share with you guys, and then I think we'll be uh, rounding it off for the night, as it were. Hey, Tam Growl, what's going on? Thank you for delivering that can. Better late than never, says Tam Growl. Much appreciated. Good to see you, ma'am. So uh, there was an article I had pulled here from it was it was another uh, mainstream lame stream i know right i need to stop doing that but hey sometimes you got to read the enemy papers what what did i do okay oh no don't tell me i did what i think i did hold on guys hold the door i can't believe i did that okay hold on whoa look at that look at what i just did i totally closed the tab 
thank goodness that tab was not so where did it all go oh no it's all gone ladies and gentlemen it is all gone okay i can pull it better from here hold on just give me un momento okay i'm gonna have to pull all of this stuff uh let's open that one let's open that one let's open that one let's open that one Hmm. Okay, here it is. I found it. Okay, cool. I knew I'd find it. We'll open that one. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I think that's it. That's not too bad. Okay. All right. Let's uh, do this now. Awesomeness. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, so here's the article I wanted to share. I'll just pull it up here like this. So uh, this is also having to do with Carrie Lake's newest filing. So here you have QR, or sorry, KRQ New, QE News uh, saying Carrie Lake election challenge should not proceed. So saith Arizona officials. So what are the Arizona officials saying about Carrie Lake and this uh, new filing? Um, just so we can kind of get an idea of where the opposition is going with this already. Uh, it gives us kind of like a brief on what we've already read. Attorneys representing Arizona election officials and Democrat Governor Katie Schnobbs says uh, Lake's, allegation, Lake's allegation that the election was rigged is based on unsubstantial speculation. Lake's lawyers say there was a flood of mail-in ballots in Maricopa County, home uh, to more than 60% of the state's voters, at a time when there were too few workers to verify ballot signatures. Her attorneys say the county ultimately accepted thousands of ballots that had been rejected earlier by workers. The Arizona Supreme Court revived her claim, right, uh, challenging the signature verification uh, reversing a lower court decision, we know that the state Supreme Court sent the claim back to the lower courts to decide if there is another reason to dismiss it, or if Lake can show that enough votes were affected to change the outcome of the election, which she lost, according to them, by theft, according to me, by over 17,000 votes. Lake alleged at least 164,000 illegal votes were counted. You see, this is what I was talking about, guys, where they have to create... 164 illegal votes just to get a 17,000 vote lead in the final victory margin. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, that's ridiculous for them. That's that's just goes to show how many people showed up to vote and how many people voted for Carrie Lake. In other words, Katie Hobbs got so smoked by Carrie Lake that they had to produce... 164,000 ballots just to get a 16K lead over Lake. What is that a deficit of, right? I don't know my math. What is, what is, uh, 
was that a four, 11? Uh, I don't know. I don't know my math. Three. I don't know. Nine, nine, the number nine, right? No, just kidding. I don't know. That's a lot, guys. That's a lot. Okay. So yeah, I'm embarrassing myself. That's like what? 140 something, 140 something thousand votes, like 140,000 vote lead, 140 some odd thousand vote lead, right? That's crazy, guys. That's crazy. It's like 146, right? 146,000 votes. Okay, so they had to manufacture 140. They uh, well, they manufactured manufactured 164,000. That means Carrie Lake potentially had a 146,000 vote lead, y'all. That's crazy. Anyways, three signature verification workers have said they experienced rejection rates due to mismatched signatures on 15 to 40% of the ballots they encountered. The math does not add up, said Kurt Olson, one of Lake's attorneys. Um, opposing attorneys said the workers' speculation does not amount to a, violating, a violation of the law or misconduct by election workers and raised questions about whether the three workers truly knew the ultimate outcome of the ballots they had flagged. So Abba Khanna, one of the attorneys representing Hobbs, said... Lake's allegations are wholly untethered to reality. I'm pretty sure anyone on Hobbs's team talks exactly like her. Otherwise, how could they stand each other, right? Anyways. <laughs> Earlier in her lawsuit, Lake had focused on problems. Okay, so we, we know about this stuff. So I was just curious about what the enemies were saying, right? Uh, that's all I was curious about. What is their angle, right? What is their angle? And then it just gives you more information that we're already aware of, ladies and gentlemen. Very interesting. Okay, so now it's video time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, there were two Carrie Lake uh, video clips I wanted to share with you guys. Um, I actually uh, clipped these out and posted them over at the C uh, over at the my Rumble channel. So you guys can go check these out at my Rumble channel if you'd like. You can share them to your social medias if you'd like. Um, but, you know, uh, th so these two are, uh, one of them is an interview with uh, Piers Morgan. Uh, you know, Carrie Lake was recently across the pond, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and uh, so I guess she kind of did a little media tour over there. I thought it was kind of cool that she actually sat in, uh, went in studio with Piers Morgan. I think he was afraid of her, honestly. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just kind of how I, I was like, I think he was a little intimidated by her, you know, I think he was a little bit intimidated by her, but uh, otherwise, you know, I thought it was a pretty good interview. I mean, she ruined him. She trashed him. She made him look weak, weak sauce. She made him look like weak sauce, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, here I am. Hello. And um, he was reduced, ladies and gentlemen, to talking about like candy, <laughs> And, you know, she drove so many, she just drove her points over him so well, you know, and uh, more importantly, the reason why I identified uh, this particular moment in this interview is because this is the moment where um, uh, Pierce Morgan uh, tries to, uh, tries to um, pin her down with a Fox News survey, right? A Fox News survey. And uh, she tells him flat out, uh, Pierce, uh, don't you know that uh, Fox News is a globalist organization, right? With a, a, a globalist network with a globalist agenda. 
I love it, guys. I love that she speaks out against the globalists, that even though she is so Arizona first, okay, and she is so for backing up the people of her state, she still takes on the globalist threat, ladies and gentlemen, and exposes them any moment she gets in her speeches and interviews across the board. You know, she's been to Texas a couple of times recently. I need to catch her. I know she's going to be in Texas at an event coming up, but I don't know that I particularly support that particular organization. But you know what? You know what? For everyone that needs to go and see her, right? You know, go check her out and, um, you know, support Carrie Lake. But anyhow, so uh, let me let's play this clip. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see it or not, but uh, I thought it was worth sharing. So let's check it out. car um, run down a mm. bunch of people recently as well. We're not banning cars or attempting to ban cars. You're regulating cars. Often. We're regulating them from driving through crowds. Well, no, but a very interesting piece by Nick Kristof in the New York Times a few years ago, comparing what happened actually with car regulation and comparing to gun regulation, that cars used to kill a lot of people in America, mm -hmm. go back 100 years when they first came along. And they brought in a series of regulations from wearing seat belts to having to have insurance to having to be registered but for them. But that doesn't pierce that no, no, stop someone driving a car. Into no, no, but here's my point. My point was that his point was, in this very interesting column, was that there were a series of regulations were brought in and the combined effect was that the mortality rate from car deaths decreased. But we're talking about separate things. I know, here. but hang on, but you raise cars. They decreased <laughs> by 95%. And it was a very interesting piece, which is... Why don't you just regulate guns like you do cars? There are millions, tens of millions of, of gun owners in America mm. who wouldn't dream of doing a mass shooting. They're legal. They're, they're own their guns legally. And we have a Second Amendment. It's, it's a God-given right. Mm. It's in our Constitution. Do you think the founding we, we, fathers, wait, though, wait, would, would they have been comfortable, Carrie? Would the founding fathers have been comfortable watching this absolutely never-ending series of mass shootings. They have thought that was what they meant by the Second Amendment. The or would they have looked to perhaps to tailor it to modern times? The founding times? fathers would have never been okay with what they're seeing right now, which is tyranny on our land once again. And the Second Amendment was put in place. We already pushed back the tyrants once, and we didn't give up. We clung to our, our guns. Who's the tyranny from? The tyranny was from the monarchy. We no, but now. Back. And now we're seeing an overreaching government we're seeing a lying media lying to us, taking our livelihoods away with COVID restrictions, mm. imposing all of that on our children and on our families and on our education. And we don't want to have to throw back the tyrants again, but they put that in place to pre prevent us from having to do that, to protect us. I will tell you this as a mother, mm. I'm horrified to see anybody hurt, but I don't know, you're, you haven't been on the streets of America lately. Oh, I have, Cri yeah. The crime I is out of control. I've seen it. It's not safe to walk down these Democrat-controlled mm. cities. And I, by the way, I'm not no, making... No, no, no. The murder, you, you can be raped and murdered on the subway. I am not, by the way, I'm and not I'll making... And I'll tell you what, let me tell... Let me, let me just, let me, let me on that point... My thought. Okay. I am a much better mother that I have firearms and can protect my family. Mm. And I will protect my family. You call 911 right now, you can't get someone to show up at your house, Pierce. And there's crime and violence happening on our streets, and we need to protect our own families. Okay, but here's my, here's my question for you. I don't dispute anything you've just said. What I would say is this. Something has to be done. We can agree on this, right? A Fox News poll 
revealed that 87% of Americans back stricter background checks. 81% agreed the legal age to buy a gun should be raised to 21. 80% agreed that anyone who buys a gun should go for a mental health assessment. 80% want police to take guns from people considered a danger to themselves. 77% want a 30-day waiting off period for all gun purchases. Okay, that doesn't yeah. surprise me because this is a... a well, would you support that? Fox News is a globalist network pushing a globalist agenda, and the globalists want to make sure... Fox News is watched by a lot of gun owners. Fox News is a globalist network mm. run by globalists who want to bring down our constitution and take away our second. So everybody who took you know part what? in that independent you can, poll you can t- is a globalist. No, Come but off, Fox, Fox News is a globalist network. Just, let's just face it. We all know the truth here. I don't think Does Fox News is a globalist it network. It's the biggest conservative network in the country. Well, they got most they, of they it's, fired Tucker Carlson. Most of it. Well, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. But most of its, most of its viewers, I suspect, I was just pausing it because if you guys have seen the interview, they never get to Tucker Carlson. I think I think he had what was that thing called that they did with uh, President Trump and CNN the other night on the town hall? They had a mercy, they had a mercy call or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> I I mean, Piers Morgan was literally reduced to talking about candy chocolate eggs with toys inside of them. Right? He was reduced to that, ladies and gentlemen, and then. And then she called him out on the pharma. She was like, you can't talk about big pharma. You can't. I heard they actually, I heard they actually cut that out of the, uh, whenever it broadcasted. Uh, I guess apparently they had more discussions about that. But do you guys see that? I just love that. He's all, get off it, Carrie. They're not a globalist. Let's, let's go, let's go ahead and look back at that poll, right? Let's see. Let's see the poll, the kind of poll that, uh, that, uh, Piers Morgan admires, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I don't think, yeah, anyways, okay. Fox News poll revealed that 87% of Americans back stricter background checks. 81% agreed the legal age to buy a gun should be raised to 21. 80% agreed that anyone who buys a gun should go for a mental health assessment. 80% want police to take guns from people considered a danger to themselves. 77% want a 30-day waiting off period for all gun purchases. Okay, that doesn't yeah. surprise me because this is a... a well, would you support that? Fox News is a globalist network pushing a globalist agenda and the globalists want to make sure... Fox News that- is watched by a lot of gun owners. Fox News is a globalist network mm. run by globalists who want to bring down our constitution and take away our second. So everybody who took you know part what? in that independent you can, poll you can t- is a globalist. No, Come but off Fox, it, Gary. Fox News is a globalist network. Just, let's just face it. We all know the truth here. I don't think Does Fox News is a globalist it network. It's the biggest conservative network in the country. Well, they got most they, of they it's, fired Tucker Carlson. Most of it. Well, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. But most of it's most. Of its viewers, I suspect, would have a pro-gun view. You, you and yet 80% of them want all these new measures brought in. Would you not agree with any of them? If you pass any of those and make those laws, they're unconstitutional. We have a constitution. So you wouldn't bring in anything? The constitution is not going anywhere. I understand that. Would you not bring in any new regulations? No. I'm not going to change the Second Amendment, our constitutional rights, just like I don't change the First Amendment. You don't even want background checks? don't want to change our constitution. Carrie, not even background checks? Pierce, our, our Second of Amendment is protecting checks. us. Our Second Amendment allows me to protect my family. It allows me to protect my children. And right now, we're living in a very dangerous place. I'm 
sure the streets of London aren't safe either, but the streets of America. You go to Portland, you go to San Francisco, L.A., Phoenix, and you, you wouldn't dare walk down a street at night, even in the middle of broad daylight, and feel safe. You're not safe in okay, the look, look. Okay, guys, so that's pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty good clip to me, y'all. I don't know what you guys think there, but uh, isn't that awesome? The, the, you know, she has such firm resolve, ladies and gentlemen, Carrie Lake, you know, I've stood firmly behind Carrie Lake, ladies and gentlemen, since her first campaign uh, ad dropped. Okay, so uh, that was one of them. I want to share that with you guys. I mean, again, because she's calling out Fox News as being a globalist network that pushes a globalist agenda. She really just embarrassed the hell out of Piers Morgan. It's a 20-minute interview or so. So if you guys haven't seen the entire interview, I'd recommend you go check it out. I just wanted to play this Fox News and gun control clip that she, um, you know, since, since you know, 1776 will commence again, right? Well, you Anyways, the 1776 will commence again with Carrie Lake on Piers Morgan, ladies and gentlemen. So I thought she did a wonderful job handling that uh, British bat demon, ladies and gentlemen, Piers Morgan, and also defending our Constitution and uh, our Second Amendment. Uh, so the next uh, video clip I wanted to play from uh, Carrie Lake, again, this is one that was recently done. Again, she was overseas. Uh, for this one, she was actually speaking at CPAC Hungary, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm not Hungary. I mean CPAC Hungary. Hey, Martin45, thanks for being in the audience today, and I'm glad you uh, stuck around as well, and you're enjoying the information. And uh, if you are one of the new followers over at Rumble, I appreciate you following along. And uh, if you're giving us that thumbs up and that likes, I definitely give you thanks for that as well, friend. Now, in regards to um, Carrie Lake speaking at CPAC. Now, both of these clips, again, I have posted over at my Rumble page. Every now and then I'll clip out some stuff that, you know, resonates with me. Especially, you know, I support Carrie Lake. I support uh, President Trump, ladies and gentlemen, America first. Uh, and uh, uh, any Republic restorationist out there, you're always welcome in my camp, right? So anyhow, uh, we had Carrie Lake speaking at CPAC Hungary, and you know, uh, you know, uh, Pr Prime Minister President Viktor Orban. I forget if he's the Prime Minister or the President, but uh, you know, Viktor Orban. We've talked about him. Uh, you guys might recall, I think, back in the summer of was it the summer of twenty one when we were doing an international show um, at least once a week. Uh, we covered Orban. You know, we covered. Um, we you know we covered um, Bolsonaro. We covered um, Aktion for um, uh, Germany or for Deutschland. Of course, that was uh, the uh, conservative uh, conservative group that was um, working in uh, Germany, ladies and gentlemen, to not only secure their elections but uh, to push back on the wokeness and uh, the Antifers. Anyhow, so Carrie Lake gives a speech at CPAC Hungary, and um, I, it was awesome because she schooled, she schooled the mainstream lamestream, ladies and gentlemen. She schooled the fake news media, the propaganda mockingbird, the legacy press, the fake news, the uh, the uh, uh, mainstream lamestream shame shamestream fake news mockingbird propaganda media, fake news legacy press on how to write 
headlines and it just it amused me and i thought this is awesome so i wanted to share it with you guys here's a quick clip of that of a carrie lake speaking at cpac hungary my team does every day is they print out the news headlines i haven't gotten them colton hand me the headlines real quick it's it's, it's almost comical hang on Every day they print out the headlines, and I feel like I'm on planet crazy. I call it planet crazy because if you believe what the fake news says, you really do start to think we're on planet crazy. Here, here we go. This is just on CPAC. Hungary hosts European CPAC in hopes of rallying global far right. Orban's vilification of migrants is at center stage in CPAC and returns to Hungary. I mean, this is crazy stuff. Vilification? How about Orban is, is pushing an agenda that helps the people of his country, that protects the people of his country? That's how that headline should have been written. Hungary's autocratic leader tells U.S. conservatives to join his culture war. Now, I would write that with a strong leader like Viktor Orban encouraging mothers and fathers and people around the globe to protect their families. But see, they don't know how to write headlines. And here's one. They actually went after uh, one of my favorite people, Congressman Paul Gosar, one of the greatest congressmen to walk the halls of Congress in our great country. Paul Gosar to share stage with members of party founded by Nazis. This is insane stuff. I'll get to the last one here. Uh, they called us ultra-conservative. You know what? I've been called worse. Here's one, and this one hits us. Carrie Lake and Paul Gosar to appear with far-right politicians. You know what? I'll take that. So far, we have been right about everything. <laughs> and the far left and the far left have been wrong. They've been wrong. And if we continue to allow them to bully us with their propaganda, which frankly is garbage, tear it up, don't read it. If we allow them to continue this, we will lose our country. We will lose um, our, our children's future. So we need to fight what the media is saying. It's all lies. And they wonder why we don't believe them when they start to talk about the war in Ukraine. We start to really wonder what they're, if they're telling us the truth about everything. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm out of time, but as a mother from Arizona, we've sent $170 billion to Ukraine. While we have a wide open border, and we have drug cartels running our state. We can't afford to do that anymore. We need to invest in America. And I believe that the first way out of this war to bring the peacemakers in, and I understand that Prime Minister Orban has offered up this beautiful city for peace talks. The only way to stop that war is to turn off the money to it. And I believe that in America, we need to turn off the money to this war and bring together Zelensky and Putin, sit them down here, in this beautiful um, country, in this beautiful city, and sit them at a table and say, come to peace. We need peace in this world. The mothers demand peace for our children. I thank you so much, Hungary, for inviting me. And I just want you to know, 
I have great hope, and I'm going to end it with this, because I know that God doesn't make mistakes. God put each and every one of us here, each and every one of us here, at this pivotal moment in human history, in American history, in Hungarian history, that he put us here for this fight. We are fully equipped for this fight, and everybody can play a part in it. So let's continue fighting for our children and for our countries. Thank you, Hungary. Thank you, Miklas, and thank you, CPAC, for inviting me. I appreciate it. All right, y'all. So there you go. Isn't that such a cool looking like, I love the way they designed that anyways, but uh, I wub her too, Miss Tam Growl. How's it going, Tam Growl? Hope you're doing good this uh, Friday evening. So there you go. There's a little bit of that. I mean, wasn't that amazing? You know, and you know, she's saying the right things again, ladies and gentlemen. Carrie Lake is uh, passing the litmus test. She passes the litmus test when we're talking about election fraud exposure. She passes the litmus test when we're talking about the Second Amendment. She passes the litmus test when we're talking about the First Amendment. Uh, granted, the First and Second Amendment are uh, litmus tests that even the profane rhinos can use as cover, right? To make voters believe they are who they say they are, you know? But she passes a litmus test of the war in Ukraine. We need to stop funding. We all saw the way that uh, that thing, that Caitlin thing from uh, the CNN town hall kept trying to get President Trump to go along with the narrative of the establishment and support Zelensky and the war in Ukraine and to pick a side. It's pretty clear what Carrie Lake thinks about uh, the war in Ukraine just based on that statement ladies and gentlemen so that was the uh that was the last bit of story that i had to share with you guys about carrie lake and updating on her current situation in arizona with her trial ladies and gentlemen carrie lake right there for you uh and i absolutely do appreciate you guys hanging out tonight now i had here also uh one of our audience members um, that would be Tam Growl, soon to be a member of the Seam Team, the C Team, from what I hear. Tam Growl soon to join the ranks of the C Team, aren't you, Tam Growl? <laughs> Tam Growl asked a question, um, and and this this is actually good because I've been meaning to uh, I've been meaning to um, cover this, so I'm glad you asked the question, Tam Growl, as we uh, as we uh, begin to close out today's show. Um, Tam Growl asked, is the Brunson case still docketed? So, uh, let's give you guys an update on the Brunson Brothers case, ladies and gentlemen. Let me go ahead and pull it on the screen. Now, we have two updates. We have, actually, we have a few updates. I'm going to, uh, Truth Social, uh, to procure these updates. Now, this was one of the updates that I think... Okay, so this is from a day ago. Okay, so that's a day ago. Uh, there are updates, guys. Who's that? Who is that? Let's check this out. Let's go ahead and check this out real quick, guys, so we can get our update. Uh, and then uh, we'll take it from there. Okay, so this is a five-minute update on the Brunson Brothers case. Uh, the Rule 11. So basically it is, yes, uh, Tam Growl, it is still on the docket. 
Uh, it's been given a rule eleven. It's got to be skipped ahead. Uh, well, we'll I'll let I'll let uh, I'll let uh, Mr. Brunson uh, explain it to you guys. So thank you for asking the question. I've been meaning to get this one on the books. So let's go ahead and uh, see what uh, the brother Brunson has to say in regards to his Supreme Court case. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Just in case you hadn't gotten the update, here it is. Today, Sunday, May 7th. Hello. What's going on? Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, some of you, I'm sure, know that on April 19th, 2023, the Supreme Court of the United States uh, docketed and filed a new petition. And it's this right here, it's 22-1028. Now my brother's was 22 dash 380. 380, I forget the number. <laughs> Thank you. And this is 1028. Now there's quite quite a bit of difference. This has more, this is a separate petition. This has more quality content than the other one. The other one is good, but this is even better. And uh, so it also, if you go to supremecourt.gov and do a docket search, don't do a normal search, you won't find it. You've gotta make sure it says docket search. Just, you know, play around so you get into the docket search mode, look for little letters saying docket search. You'll find this, that it is rule 11. Can you see that right there? Rule 11. Okay, the, on the face of the cover, the, the other one, my brothers did not have that. And so what I'd like to do is read you what Rule 11 is, and I'll explain it to you real quickly. A Rule 11, uh, certiorari to United States Court of Appeals before judgment. What, well, I'll just read it. A petition for writ of certiorari to review a case, okay, and that's what I'm asking the court to do, is when I sent that to them, asking them to review my case, my petition, in a, uh, while it's pending in the United States Circuit Court which mine was before the 19th. Mine was pending in the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals, my case. And so my brothers and I, we decided to put together a Rule 11, hoping that the Supreme Court would allow it to be docketed. They would not allow it to be docketed unless it met this criteria. And this is the criteria. A petition for writ of certiorari to review a case pending in the United States Court of Appeals before judgment is entered in that court will be granted only upon a showing that the case is of such imperative public importance as to justify deviation from normal appellate practice and to, and to require immediate determination. So the fact that they allowed me to file this emergency 11, I call it emergency 11 petition, without getting a final judgment from the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals means they qualified allowing it to be docketed, which they did following these rules. Let me just read it again. Before judgment is entered in the circuit court, which mine has not had a judgment entered, will be granted only, so mine was granted by allowing it to be docketed. It was granted and it will be it will be uh, reviewed by the justices because now that it's docketed, it's, it will be that. So it will be granted only upon a showing that the case is of such imperative public importance as to justify deviation from normal appellate practice and to require immediate determination. And that's happened. So I'm really excited about that. And if people want to actually have a physical copy of the petition, the United States Supreme Court is very specific about the requirements of the actual printed 
petitions that they allow to be docketed. And so they ask it to be perfect bound with very specific guidelines that you have to follow within the document. If you want an actual physical copy of this with the court stamp on it and the, and the number put in there by the court, you can go to sevendiscoveries.com and you can see, you'll see an opportunity to get one of these physical copies there. And uh, also there's an opportunity to, if you want to, if you have, um, and I, I tell people, don't spend any, don't give any money that is going to hurt hurt you. You know, it's going to compromise your, you know, your paying your bills. Okay, only if you can afford it. It's like, you know, if you you know if it's not going to hurt you, you can go there and actually get a physical copy and get a signed copy as well of this if you'd like. Now, also you can go to LloydBrunson.com uh, to write a letter to the Supreme Court, and it's real easy to do because what you do is you actually at LloydBrunson.com. You can actually, there's a letter already written, but you can actually compose your own letter in addition to the written uh, form letter. And you can actually sign your name with the mouse or your finger on, a, on your smartphone. And then um, it will actually, uh, that letter uh, information will go to a fulfillment company, which prints the letter, folds it, and individually puts it in an envelope with postage stamped on it. And that goes to the United States Supreme Court and the US Supreme Court files every single letter. And so the goal is to get many, many letters. The more letters we get, the, the better. And I think the immediate goal I think is 100,000 and we're just starting this out uh, fresh. So the other letter we uh, that, was, uh, that people were sending, uh, we reached about 70,000. So this is a new petition and uh, we're gonna just uh, push this and promote it. And please uh, go to lloydbrunson.com and, and ask your friends if they'll do a letter as well. Become, you know, become a part of history because every letter is filed uh, there with the Supreme Court. And it's uh, basically encouraging the Supreme Court to support the Constitution and the binding oath of the Constitution that Article Six requires. Thank you. Wow, wow, wowee, wow, 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 wow. Okay, what is this? No, ah, what the fuck? <laughs> Go away, what is that? Go away, oh my God, get it off my screen. <laughs> Guys, okay, you need to go over to, we are five days removed, y'all. We are five days removed. We need to get our asses over to LloydBrunson.com and sign that petition. I would highly recommend you put in your own words, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, yeah, I think I actually had this on my, yes, this is on my Truth Social. Okay. Oh, this was the April 26th update. Okay, yeah, this is the one I saw, and this one was actually shorter, right? It's three minutes. The other one was five minutes, okay? So, yes, uh, Tam Growl, in answer to your question... Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, it is still docketed. It's a Rule 11. It's emergency rule. Get your butt over to, ladies and gentlemen, LloydBrunson.com and give them a piece of your mind, that Supreme Court, ladies and gentlemen. Do it today. Do it tonight. Do not delay. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming up in a minute. Let me get this off the screen. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to... That was quite the update. Like, again, thank you, Tam Growl, for... Uh, Asking the question, boy, we should be in nighttime already. It is nighttime, ladies and gentlemen. It is the night, okay? 
We're gonna we're gonna have to slip into night mode next, baby. Uh, Tam Growl raises another very interesting question over in the chat room. Boy, Tam Growl, Tam Growl says, "I went on vacay and my world got messed up." Well, Tam Growl, I'm just gonna have to say it. Stick around. You know we're gonna go ahead and close our show today on Rumble and Twitter. I'm sorry, Twitter, Twitch, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so uh, stick around, Tam Growl. As for the rest of you guys out there who've been hanging out uh, with the Sea Report this evening, thanks again for being here. Uh, please make sure you hit the like and the thumbs up buttons. Uh, please follow and subscribe if you'd like to stay up to date, if you'd like to stay abreast on future shows and broadcasts on this station. Uh, oh yeah, I tend to do a lot of different things here, and I'm trying to get myself back into the mix of it. It seems like, uh, well, we're getting there. So anyways, guys, thanks again for being here tonight, and uh, for, um, you know, again, this is, you, tonight was an election uh, fraud exposure focus. That was tonight's focus, indeed. And, uh, well, that's just kind of the way we do things, you know? Alright, we'll be back at a future time, not too far in the future. But I think for now, we should just be content with the gifts of the present. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Cossidus. You've been watching The Sea Report, America Rising, and uh, I can't thank you enough again. Until next time, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. Have a great night. Foxhole, you guys better hang around. We ain't done with you yet. Everyone else, have a beautiful evening. Bye-bye. to the flag of the United States of America. to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God Indivisible with liberty and justice for all.